What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast, where our motto is, we just hope it doesn't suck. This is episode 335, broken up into two parts, A and B. A, B, B. Thank you, sirs. 335A posting, on, <laughs> 335A posting on 620 will be a discussion on Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. And 335B posting on 623 will be a discussion on Flamin' Hot from Hulu. I bet you, listener, didn't even know that movie existed. But it's I like that bad. movie a lot, by the way. Yeah, that, that, that movie's a lot of fun. All right, gentlemen, how are we? How Happy Father's Day to our listeners out there. I know we're recording on Sunday. Uh, happy um, Father's Day to us. Uh, yeah, you're too yes, I was, you. co-hosts. I was getting there. Thank you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers around the world. Uh, how, how, how goes it, guys? How has your week been? Good. Good. Fiend, let's score this episode and move on. <laughs> uh, I mean, week was good. Uh, get ready for vacation. Gonna go to uh, Denver again. Uh, this time I'm taking the whole family though. So Denver, the Sunshine yeah. State. But you gotta exactly. make sure you you gotta make sure you ask for the where the local Mexican town is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> true. <laughs> as Roger as Roger requested last week, you have to do some recon and find out where Santa Rosa is. True, true. <laughs> How far over the border it is from the old. Chris way. is gonna get stabbed <laughs> so many times. I or mean, all one's all it takes. And you or probably just won't ask like, again. Or they're just going to be like, bro, you're like 15 minutes away. Like, yeah, right? Just, yeah. Right. Don't you have Google asshole? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we are officially wrapped on BB4. So we wrapped on Friday. Well, actually, they shot well into... BB4? Yes. Um, we were wrapped. And I'm very excited um, to be almost to be done. done with this. Yes. Okay, gotcha. How's it been? It, you know, it's just... It's a lot of... Uh, this is my first like super big budget movie. Like we're, we're we're talking like I can't say a number, but, like mega big budget, and like it's just okay. two hundred million. It's a lot of headache for. It's a lot of headache for the same wage I'd make on something else. Okay, gotcha. So, this okay. is I, I wanted to do this because you know a friend of mine was doing it, and it was just like an opportunity. I'd never done a huge budget movie, but like now I'm just I think I'm just gonna stay away from the mega big budgets because like yeah. it's just it's, it's just headache and chaos. So, I mean, so, so for for your role is you you get nothing, no difference for like you know the movie having a larger budget, nothing like that. Like, like no. your job's the same and your pay is the same and all that. My kind of job stuff. is it's just it's just more of a headache because there's just more volume to process. Yep. Oh yeah, just more um, work for well, the same amount of money, literally the same amount of money. Yeah. Well. Yep. So it is what it is, but I'm very happy to be almost done. Um, very very happy. So mm-hmm. there's that. Okay. But yeah, Atlanta's been hot, 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 hot. The last couple of but last week it's been super hot and sunny, very little rain. So I can imagine there's a lot of dead lawns here now too. But yeah, how's the old? Well, it's rained here the last few days, so it's nice. Uh, I sold a bunch of candles this past weekend, so it was nice. Our local uh, local shady side town had their little loop festival, you know, local landmark. So that's kind of nice. Sold, uh, made enough money to to run the business for a few months without having to spend anything out of pocket. Always nice. It is always nice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Chris, what about you? What what do you what's your family up to? We're going on vacation next week, so um my you know, we're busy getting ready. My wife's doing the brunt of that work now. My job is to make sure everyone gets on the plane, you know, <laughs> and I keep my cool, you know, as we leave for the airport and get on the plane and get to Denver. So good luck. Stuff, yeah, right. A lot of stuff happening there. First time traveling with the kids, so we're we're both a little on edge about it. Got some know, tablets but... charged and some yeah. headphones ready. Yeah, yeah, we, we're we're planning on bringing all that kind of stuff. Yep, absolutely. 
That's what I had the first time I ever flew with my kid, man. She actually did great. Like I was yeah. super surprised and I think I think my big one will be okay. Once we get off the ground, she's gonna be super nervous until it starts flying. But then I think the little one. My ears used to pop when I was young. Uh, when I uh, flew just a get him times. some gum, man. Just get her some yeah. gum. Yeah, make yes. her life easy. See, she's a little terrorist though, so she's not allowed to have gum yet. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a first time for both of it. So gum and planes all at once. Well, a you know what terrorist. also works instead of gum? Hmm. Piece of laffy taffy. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, good point. Good yes, point. sir. You got to chew all that right. stuff, <laughs> and just wait till you know. As you're climbing to do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I need, I, 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 need, I, need, I, need I need you to make that sound effect yeah. though. Whatever you have the, whatever you have the the excuse to at this point from now on. Good. All right, guys, how you doing? <laughs> Yikes. Right Yikes, indeed. All right, gentlemen, <laughs> we should start the show. Uh, I appreciate that demonic laugh, Chris. You always bring that to the table. I, I appreciate yeah, well. that. Yes. All right, gentlemen. I think we should start the show. We have a we have a big movie to talk about. Ooh. One thing before um, other things that happened this week, my Crank Two movie poster showed up at my house finally. Oh, ha- oh, you did buy it? Yeah, fucking Heck right, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Heck yeah, he I died and he got better. <laughs> he died. He got better. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... him with the fucking thing stuck to his tongue. <laughs> so yeah, great. <laughs> oh, stay them, stay them. Uh... Oh, speaking of, you know, I I did. I did watch Cellular this week. I had to revisit that one from the old 2004. Oh, God. Okay. That's an old, yeah, I was going to say. But it's it's not, it's not, even, I remember even saying this back in my Carmike days in 2004, and when people looked at me cross-eyed, I'm like, that is not your average, your average just no-brain, uh, like a, an action film. It's, the, the shtick in Cellular is Kim Basinger is captured because her husband has something that these guys want, and she's stuck in an attic, and the guy, Statham's character, actually, when she when he puts her up there, he he takes a bat to the phone, and she's able to over the next few hours dial a ton of numbers, and she's able to connect to a young man's cell phone, which is by Chris Evans, and he doesn't believe her at first, but then he hears someone come up and yell at her, and then he's got to stay on the phone, keep the signal alive until he can figure out how to help her. It's actually kind of an interesting premise, and the movie's not as bad as I think a lot of people wanted to give it back then. I actually really enjoyed it. It was way anachronistic when it came to cell phones though because it, i mean whenever they showed video on a cell phone it looked like perfect 35 millimeter 24 frames a second print from film mm-hmm. camera but um it's not a bad little movie and that's a good way one of the being one of the things that started chris hemsworth, hemsworth chris evans so just, i actually really enjoyed that one something just like it's not as bad as we remember it kind of thing yeah yeah it's it, it had a little more magic to it than i think i remember at the time mm-hmm. i remember going into a thing this is gonna be a stupid action movie come out of it like well actually it wasn't that bad but i think part of the part of the magic there is chris evans is okay, gotcha. that was he from even from the, like, his earliest some of his earlier credits like he still brought the quality that we expect from him today so just want to mm-hmm. just want to say that because it, so it surprised me but hmm, all right gotcha. gentlemen let's talk about some movies shall we Yes, we shall indeed. All right. This is episode 335 of For the Love of Cinema, a podcast about movies, film, and cinema. It's posted each and every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on Podbean, which then distributes to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Each and every week, we start with the box office curtain and upcoming releases, what streaming trailers and movies of the week. Without further ado, let's jump to the box office. And as requested, you guys have not looked at the box office until right this moment, right? I'm not yeah. even looking at it now because you'll be surprised. So the the Flash, fifty five million domestic, a worldwide of one hundred thirty nine million. Okay. That's way more than I expected the Flash to do, yeah, and I'm okay. and I'm, I'm I'm happy it's got a healthy 
it's kind of healthy take. And with tomorrow being tomorrow being a federal holiday, it, it may actually pull in you know a, a few million more. And and I, I really hope that it does. But that's a, that's I mean, that numbers as of Sunday night recording. Yeah. So I would well, like you to note that I I have been doing some predictor stuff on the Reddit box office. Um, I predicted it by the time everything shakes out tomorrow afternoon to be just shy of seventy million, which is entirely in play. Thank hmm. you very much. It is. That's well, yeah. I, I mean, the movie has. I mean, they've they've been trying really hard to get this thing hyped up, right? So, you know, it's been it's. They also not letting Ezra Miller thing. do any press. True, no. true. He's showing up the stuff, but yeah, no press. But yeah, I mean, like it, like they've they've spent a lot of time, you know, healthy amount of time ahead of this release, getting it marketed and getting you know trailers out there and stuff. So, I, I I'm not shocked that with how hyped up the movie's been that it's had a good turnout so far. We'll see how it how it stays though. It's staying power is what's going to be important. I agree, and I, I I really do think it's you know people are well. It's weird that people because we just talked about before we started recording just to do a minute on this is um, Shazam's very poor box office performance. Mm-hmm, but yeah. I mean, I, if you guys remember, like I think one of, one of the things that I attributed to it, and you guys may not have agreed with me, what was that people knew that the DCEU was being rebooted here soon, so they just mm-hmm. didn't really care. But yeah. that I mean that would also be doubly true for the Flash. But do people know? I mean, I'm. I mean, Roger, you've been talking about this theory now for years about how the Flash is the reset point. Yeah, it's exactly. The most important movie yeah. that they can ever do. Well, especially well, so, the well, fact that they needed, especially the fact that Ezra, all the negativity surrounding Ezra, and they still needed the. They say they still needed this this movie. Yeah. So yeah. Well, I I think the biggest thing, the biggest distinction there is, you know, Shazam Two is not is not as important as this movie because this movie is like what's going to cause the change in the DCEU. Whereas, you know, Shazam 2 is, is kind of a victim of that process is what's happening. I think well, we, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it does or not. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. We're, I watch movies no. a week behind now, but I mean, no, I, I, no. I assume it's part of the catalyst that causes the reset mm-hmm. that exactly, at least, yeah. at least canonically in the, in the story that causes some, but I'm, I'm very excited for it. And this is going to be very, I won't go further than to say, I actually think Ezra Miller is a, is a, is a better than is really good actor. I wish he wasn't such a terrible person. Because Fucking he's weirdo. Good he's actor. A great actor. Terrible human. Yeah, well, it's, it, that's <laughs> that's a shame. And I've had a number of debates over like Kevin Spacey. Like, should he be? Should mm. should should he just be cast again? And I'm like, well, I mean, on one side, he's he done he's done awful awful things to people, and on the other side, he's a he is like one of the best actors alive. <laughs> so, what do you do? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. But same with Ezra. Like, he's. For his age group, he's up there. He's one of the better ones. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. But I think people are going to err on the side of, well, he's a terrible human being, so no. But yeah, I think, I, I think that's the opinion you're going to get from most people. You know, Remember so that video f- we watched where like they didn't know how to animate his legs when he was running? <laughs> and they're like <laughs> bending the wrong way. You guys remember that? Just, yeah. yeah. That's some of the funny shit. Good times. All right, number two, Elemental. 29.5 domestic bringing in probably is a disappointing... 48.5 worldwide. I want you to understand that it was almost tripled by The Flash. Almost oh, tripled oh. by The Flash. I mean, I think it's fair to say The Flash is a bigger movie than Elemental. You know what I mean? Well, but Elemental also has, with The Flash, but Elemental has that built in, there has to be more, you can't just sell one ticket. I mean, you can, but like for a kid, there's got to be an adult. So you have yeah. the you have the, the built in uptick of ticket sales, and it still almost got tripled by a DC movie in 20 in, in, in June of 2020, 2023. So that matters. I think what I just said, but, okay. but that's what we won't be covering. Uh, you guys may watch it. I may watch it this week, but we're not going to talk about it, unfortunately, mm-hmm. but 
One movie we did talk about and is still doing very well for itself, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, another uh, 29 yeah. million, bringing its worldwide to 494, just shy of 500. I'm very happy this movie's still performing very well. Yes. And when I went to uh, the AMC, I went to to watch uh, Transformers this week. I asked how they're. Uh, I asked the, the the kid in concession. He's like, "Look around you. Look at the floor. It's all from Spider-Man." Still, I'm like, "Well, I'm I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear it's still doing. You know, it, it's still doing very very well because that's a that's a ten. That is a ten. No mistake there. Chris, nine point five. <laughs> Get out of here. Hey, listen. Coward. <laughs> All right, Transformers: Rise of the Beast, number four, another twenty million, bringing it worldwide to two hundred twenty-seven. Not the strongest showing for a Transformers movie, however, we'll talk about that in a little bit. And number five, Little Mermaid, still in the top five, another eleven point six, bringing it worldwide to four hundred sixty-seven. That may not even break the five hundred million dollar mark. Shit, I feel like I watched Little Mermaid like a month and a half ago. At this yeah, point. right. Yeah, it. Um, I know that. That was three so- weeks ago. So I think some people were doing digging, and in order for that movie to profit, the the budget was like two seventy five, and marketing was like another one hundred and seventy five. So I don't think they're even out of the the marketing and or production budget for that one yet. Ooh, which for a Disney live action remake, that's not great. Yeah, well, it's for a Disney for, problem more than it is a Roger problem. Yeah, so. I, I agree with that. But <laughs> not performing very well. Uh, no six through ten. Let's look at those. The the blackening. Just made the worldwide for that one. It's 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 a it's a horror movie that debuted this weekend. Uh, just seven million bucks, not great. Uh, for number seven, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Number eight, Boogeyman. Number nine, Fast Ten. Still kicking. Let's see what that's at. That is six hundred and seventy-six. So that's that's not as bad as the opening the two opening weekends. And Asteroid City. I'm surprised that even charted. It's at two point six million dollars. We talk well, about Asteroid City for thirty-five seconds. Yeah. Okay. So. Asteroid City is a movie that I don't care about personally, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I love that the uh, the trailers, because for some reason in the last week, I've just been absolutely bombarded with this trailer, right? And every time it says the best Wes Anderson movie he's made, and I'm like, what if I think all the Wes Anderson movies are terrible? Yeah, there you go, yeah. So, <laughs> like, maybe you should market that differently. Hmm. Well, that's the, that's the, like... Wes Anderson, you either like he's him or you hate him. He's a weird dude. His movies, you either like him or you hate him. But like, also, it's he's a director whose movies I'm always in contention with because it's I I do stand by my comment of if the internet didn't exist and you just had people going to the theater and then going home and talking about it, he never would have made it past four or five movies because people are like, what the fuck is going on? I I really do think that's a movie that only benefits from the internet explaining to people what was going on. I mean, it's so not, I mean, okay, hold on. Like, on that point, though, do you think that we're in a worse place or a better place because we have we have that you know the ability to have the movies explained to people? No, no we're you know? it, it's it's a much better place. Absolutely, don't yeah. get me wrong. It's okay, okay. And 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 people that you know watched a few of them and like you know what I'm not gonna and then they're like you know I'm gonna give this last one a shot and maybe they because they you know read about or really kind of studied and watched the other ones they really got another one of his that really pulled them into the Wes Anderson universe. That's also fine. It's just for me personally. I, I watch the man's movies. I'm just not huge on him. For for as big a movie fan as I am, you know, I I'm 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 not huge with um I'm not huge with him. I'm not I'm not really huge with Scorsese or um Quentin Tarantino. I'm just I know that you know people love them and that's fine. I just for me personally, they're just not directors, not my top five. But I understand that those are great directors or even top ten. But I understand those are great directors for their own reasons and people love them and they have a huge following. I certainly admit that. But Wes Anderson is just one of those directors for me. I I would just 
I, I just scratch my head over. Like, I just don't know how it keeps getting money to make movies. But that's just me. Yep, if I have to go home and watch a video explaining to me about your movie, that means it wasn't very good. Or it's just, just like if you have to have a five-hour cut of a single movie, like the Snyder Cut, that means the first one wasn't very good. Long so, was the Snyder Cut. I'm actually a fan of. I'm actually a fan of because that that movie got. It wasn't his decision to make it like that. It was the studio's decision. I mean, so, I mean, he's he still had a his name's a, on the director tab, son. I mean, he still made a five-hour movie. You know what I mean? Like, well, you know. okay. I mean, I don't. <laughs> Well, that's fine, but I also like it's one of those. I mean, everyone, I, uh, something. One of the Reddit pages I jump on a lot is the um. And you may not know it. You may know. I just want to do two seconds here, but it's a huge franchise. It's turning into a film franchise. Is a Metal Gear Solid MGS Five, which was supposed to be Hideo Kojima's opus. Like his completely got stripped. The ending got destroyed. There wasn't even an ending. He got stripped of all the names on it. It just didn't. But like, was it his? Is that his fault? Or isn't it like that's just gotcha. so I kind of that's why I kind of the Snyder Cut lives for me in a bubble because like I can accept that because so much bad happened to him that he had to step away from that movie and then he got blamed for everything even though he didn't make the final decision on anything so yeah, yeah. I can I can understand where people are coming from on that I mm-hmm. I, I really really can yeah th- th- I mean th- th- there's two sides of that one yeah yes let's look at what's upcoming June 16th this past weekend brought us the Blackening Pixar's Elemental and the Flash. June 23rd, God is a Bullet, No Hard Feelings, and Past Lives Goes Wider, theatrically. June 30th, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken. Yes, thank oh, you. Um, on Teenage Kraken, uh, my wife pointed out to me, and she has a good, she, she made a good point. Every time that trailer comes on, my youngest is like thinks that movie looks like it, it, it catches her attention and not much does. And then my oldest is very interested in that Teenage Kraken movie. So well, the I mean, trailer's working on my kids. At least. A DreamWorks she, movie, man, is probably going to mm-hmm. be pretty decent. Well, yeah. she is also the target demographic. Your yes. your, your, your child, mm-hmm. like young yeah. girls, yep. are the target demo for that one. Yeah. So, all right. July 7th, Insidious, The Red Door, and Joyride. So that means that July 4th weekend, of course, belongs to Indiana Jones and Ruby Gilman. Dial of, or Real Ruby I, hope, Gilman, I hope the Kraken movie kicks its ass. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, and that's certainly in play. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, that's on July 12th. Yes. And if you were following some of the movie news is um, that one got, because of the strike, the Part 2 had to stop shooting and that's going to throw off the release schedule. Or it it may throw off the release schedule. So we'll see about Mm -hmm. that. But this strike I don't think is going to end anytime soon. Um, and it's that is the reason for a lot of changes on my show. What happens? A lot of creative decisions and filming days got changed. So I don't think it's going to end anytime. One of the three has been solved. Um, mm-hmm. There's still two more to go negotiations wise. So it, it may take a while. But uh, July 21, Barbie, Cobweb, and Oppenheimer. Now I understand, Chris, you are curiously aroused by Cobweb. Oh, yeah. Weird boner. I assume he's got weird boners all the time because. It's true. It's true. Chris. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. So, so instead of July twenty first, the week of Barbie and Oppenheimer, maybe two of the biggest movies of the year. Chris, your 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 vote is we we watch and talk about Cobweb for the entire two hour two and a half hours of the yes entire yeah, a, a yeah. And B segment yes one hundred percent yep so yeah so I, I want to review that film and then do a you know do a joint talk about uh, it within the world of Coraline as well yeah, that 100%. may that that may also be a time we may have to do Barbie and Oppenheimer that week that so you guys might have to do two theatrical whoa, that week whoa but. you you mean Oppenheimer and, and Cobb. Cobb. <laughs> sure sure <laughs> yeah uh, yeah all right sure, july yeah. <laughs> july july 28th disney's haunted mansion and talk to me 
And we'll stop midway to August. August 2nd, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. August 4th, uh, The Meg 2, The Trench, and Till Death Do Us Part. August 11th, Gran Turismo and The Last Voyage of the Demeter. So we'll stop uh, there. But can we talk about fast. the Haunted Mansion for one second? Sure. So do you guys remember we first saw this trailer a couple months ago now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you seen anything about it since? I have nope. not. Nothing, right? Like, it's not mm-hmm. even on movies right now. Like, it wasn't even on Little Mermaid. Oh, yes. I think Good it was. Point. No, I think was that was it. I, it I didn't, was, no, I it didn't was see it. It was definitely on Little, Little Mermaid, yeah. I don't okay, because I caught either. four of the five, so I don't think it was. No, no I, it was definitely on Little, Little Mermaid. I remember exactly where I was sitting. I can see it now. It was just two or three weeks ago. Yeah, it was definitely on Little Mermaid. Okay, because, yeah, like, I haven't seen it on anything. I haven't heard anything about it. Like, I almost completely forgot about it, that it's coming out. Mm. I, I, I assume they're going to try to get by the, the July movies first, or at least close enough to where they're going to be out in a few, two weeks. So I assume that you're going to start seeing heavy... Well, it might be um, a, it might be there might be a push for it on Elemental, I guess, but we're not going to watch Elemental, which is weird that we're actually not watching a Pixar. Um, but you know, there is what it is. There's just there's just too much, and you know, Elemental's not trending very well, and we so. don't really care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, my, my kids don't really want to see it. You know, they haven't voiced anything on it. So yeah, Pixar is fun. certainly Pixar has really taken <laughs> taken a dive in quality lately. But well, the I weird mean, thing I mean, is just two, just two. The, the thing with Pixar, it seems like since they shifted, so they're pumping out more movies. Like no one seems to care. Like Pixar movies used to be a huge event. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, like true. hey, once every couple of years a Pixar would come around, and now it's like, hey, we do a movie a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> good point. And I was like, yeah, okay, cool, whatever, bro. So just Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's talk about what's streaming this week. We're taking a look at Amazon. And there's a lot of good stuff on Amazon, a ton of good things, as we all, I think all three of us unanimously agreed mm-hmm. before we start recording. Uh, I'm going to go with um, one that's not super popular, but I love it. It's called Greater by directed by director Dave, David Hunt, Neil McDonough, Chris Severio, Leslie Easterbrook, Nick Searcy, Peter Gray Lewis, and MC Ganey. 2016, that is the story of Brandon Burlsworth, a um, possibly the best walk-on for, Roger, who is it? The Razorbacks? Arkansas. Arkansas Razorbacks. And it's his story. He died very young, unfortunately. But uh, it's a great little story to watch. Um, he does a walk-on in the 90s to the Razorbacks. And uh, we catch up with his family during his funeral, actually, before we go back in the story and see how he ended up where he did. But Neil McDonough and is, a, is the older brother who is broken by the loss of his bro- of his younger brother. And Nick Searcy is a guy at the funeral who is – the odd part is it's a – there's like a devil and an angel on his shoulder when he's talking. And it's they do it really well, and it's kind of understated. But I've watched it a few times now, and I always enjoy that aspect of it. But it's a, it's an interesting little movie. Um, it's very, very tied in, in, into religion and – you know, living, being the best moral person that you can be. So uh, if you have any interest in that one, I would check that out. That's a title not many people know about, but it is, I think, one of the better sports titles among, you know, a ton of great sports movies. So I think that's saying something. Mm-hmm. So Roger, an oldie but a goodie, maybe the maybe one of the pinnacle 90s movies, Gone in 60 Seconds, director Nicolas Cage, or sorry, um, Nick Nicolas Cage, Angelina Jolie, Giovanni Ribisi, Scott Kahn, Will Patton, Timothy Spall, Chi McBride, Robert Duvall, Vinnie Jones, two thousand. Why should people revisit this if they have second? If they have a- stars, Nick Cage, written by Nick Cage, <laughs> driven around in cars by Nick Cage. Dude, look, this movie rules. Like, it's such a fun bad movie. It's it's so the story is just so crazy. 
about uh, Nick Cage runs like an old like a car stealing crew boosts cars and like they end up having to boost all these cars in like a one night run. And it, it's it's one of those movies where like it's peak late 90s, early 2000s with like the visual aesthetics and it's it's fun and the story's OK, but like it's so off the rails wild. You're like, yeah, this movie's cool. But it's not cool. But it's super cool. Like I don't. That's the best way for me to describe this movie. It, it's a fun, crazy ride. If you don't like, really care about the story. <laughs> well, it's got that. It's it's '90s Bruckheimer. It's got that visual palette of like the orange, the greens, the blues. You know, it's got that wonderful. Like everything is close up and super in their face. Especially when he's driving. It's very well, bad like, boys when he's driving. It's it's all got the same kind of the late '90s aesthetic of all those. Bruckheimer action films that they all look the same. Mm-hmm. They're all pretty generic when it came to that. But I, I've actually always loved that 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 look. So I well, actually was one of the guys that appreciated it. But ac- action star Nick Cage was huge at that time too, though, right? Because this was like that was next... he was still Pete Cage. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was it was his movie after Face Off, wasn't it? Because Face Off yep. was ninety six or seven or something. So yeah, it was like right afterwards in two thousand. Yeah, no, that's one of those movies that I think is is. I think is really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really well, not really good, but like really nineties. So just, if you can, yeah, it's fun. It's just it's fun. fun. It's fun. Yeah, that's, that's what that movie is. It's and, and and fun. Fun matters. I think. I mean, it 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 it, it has to matter. It really does have to matter. But that's um yeah, that's two thousand. So it was made with a very nineties, mm-hmm. a very nineties like outlook. Dominic Senna was the director. Sorry if I I missed that. Dominic Senna. But yeah, that's a that's a <laughs> it's one of those movies that it's like lightning in a bottle. Is if if you were young like. Anywhere up to college, that's just that's like lightning in a bottle for you. And speaking of lightning in a bottle, Roger, I watched Jackass uh, this week four point five and Jackass four for or for, for forever and four point five. Good. They're, they're, they're two different movies. They shot. They made two movies out of the same out of different footage, but the same you know numbered same, same numbered rush, entry. Yeah. yeah, but it's um also it's just one of those things that. If you were that like Jeez. middle school, high school age with Jackass when Jackass first started becoming a thing, that again, that's like lightning in a bottle because like you'll remember that very nostalgically. The same way I remember all those late '90s Bruckheimer movies like Gone in 60 Seconds, even those early 2000s ones. I don't think we're as good as the '90s ones, but Gone in 60 Seconds it just takes me way back to you know getting one of our buddies' moms to drive us up to the theater and we all just you know we get popcorn and just kind of just have a good evening it's just one of those awesome awesome times so like just a second on Nick Cage and like and like the, like this little era of movies just cuz it was brought a second ago the rock was 96 face off and connor were both 97 and then gone in 60 seconds was 2000 that's not a bad run honestly. what a run of fucking awesome movies <laughs> that's not a bad run i know oh, connor gets a lot of shit but it's a, it, the, uh, that's the pinnacle of you know bad but fun movie so yep. it's just yeah i mean that, that i love give us, Con- one of, give us one of the greatest gifts of all time yeah. his, just smiling <laughs> with his hair flutter <laughs> why, couldn't, why couldn't you just put the bunny back in the box oh man put the bunny in the box yeah nick cage was on fire man he was and then he just kind of fell off the earth and, and then you owe the irs millions and but we, we also you also we can't forget that. about but you also can't forget He's about back baby <laughs> But you also can't forget about City of Angels, which was huge, oh, yeah, yeah, and, sure. and and Snake Eyes, which which was a very weird mm, turn for Nick Cage, yeah. but it, it still yeah, existed. And, Snake Eyes is it's a movie, and um, 
Well, well see, Chris, I mean, you left out. Okay, so okay, so you left out some pretty seminal movies for him. So let's look at. So let's well, just talk. I, about, I was just talking about in that range, but Snake Eyes is ninety eight. So yeah, you're not wrong. So that's so, also in there. 96. Let's just start with The Rock. 96. 97 is both Connor and Face Off. 98 is both City of Angels and Snake Eyes. 99 is both 8mm and Bringing Out the Dead. 2000 is Gone in 60 Seconds and The Family Man. That movie's great. 2001. Yeah, I actually like Family Man. That's a good movie. And the Captain. Well, 2001 was Captain Corelli's Mandolin, which I don't think was well received. Uh, I don't know what that is. Yeah, Christmas Carol, the movie. I don't remember watching that. He's Jacob Marley's voice. And then. Wind Talkers in 2002, which is awesome. It's it's horrible, but it's a fun movie. And then it just kind of gets weird from that. Awesome. Because- yeah, like like I think the last bad Nick Cage movie I watched and like before I just quit watching Nick Cage was was Bad Lieutenant, and that was a that that movie's not good. Oh yeah, it's there's like there's, there's also there's also like two sequels to that too. I know, um, and like we can't forget, but yeah, you also can't forget about like ad- adaption and Matchstick Men. That was his like I wouldn't say those were indie movies because no movies. Yeah, Matchstick Men's pretty good movie. Yeah, so is so is adaption. Adaption was up for some awards that that year too. And then I, National Treasure, I love it. I think Lord of sure. War is great. Weatherman was weird. Um, the Ant Bully, I didn't really get into. And then the, like World Trade Center, the Wicker Man. And then it gets weird. And then the like, Ghost Rider, Wicker Man. It just gets weird after that. But man, of all those movies, I want another. You know, I think Disney just. I saw something Disney said they're doing a film, uh, um, National Treasure three film because the, the the show isn't doing well. No one's really. Accepting the show as a substitute for a third movie, which well, yeah, makes of me course happy not. because going back to what you said, Roger, if, if they would just talk to us first, they'd save hundreds of millions of dollars. No, no not us, me. Oh, right, because you have all the answers. <laughs> all right, you've made terrible decisions when it comes to those things. I assure you, I got Damn. the stick, buddy. If Disney, for the past five years, would have said, "Grayson, should we do this?" There'd be very different box office numbers for some of those movies. <laughs> very There's different. people in their boardrooms saying exactly that. They just don't listen. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about Shaun of the Dead, Chris. An excellent movie. Edgar Wright. Simon uh, Pegg, Nick Frost, Kate Ashfield, Peter Serafinowicz, Rafe Spall, Bill Nye, 2004. Good pick, Chris. Very good pick. This is a Tell fantastic- us about this romantic comedy, Chris. This is a fantastic romantic comedy uh, and just pure romance movie if you go by off what Amazon lists this under, which is, I think, <laughs> hilarious. So, bravo, uh, amazon <laughs> but uh this movie's so this movie came out i almost didn't see it then a buddy of mine went and saw it and really and he loved it man like he lived this film and he taught me into going and seeing this and it's i don't know th- i think this is an example of, of, of lightning in a bottle like these guys just had something this movie is a uh was a satire take on like the zombie apocalypse with a super low budget movie and they just had fun with this film tons of laughter um it's uh it's an english british comedy or whatever so it's 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 a little bit dry humor but like the team that does this film is the same ones that do hot fuzz and they're fantastic in both these films this is just funny and i guess there is a romance somewhere in this film you think it's between sean and liz or sean and ed yes okay <laughs> I think it's well, Sean and it, Ed, honestly. Well, then, doesn't the movie end with Sean with Ed as a zombie and he's sitting there? He's like, there playing PlayStation. <laughs> together. Yeah. yeah. PS2. But like the magic there is the low budget magic is mm-hmm. that has to be Edgar Wright who, who brought that to the table. And it's also mm-hmm. just very clever writing. You know, I remember the first time I, I just laughed uproariously was there's two groups that pass each other and everyone that passes is like, the, the groups are comprised of the same people, like literally the same person in the same num- yep. number in line is like in his phone. And then someone's wearing like a red shirt and the next guy's wearing a red shirt. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just 
fucking that's what you get with clever writing it's just if you take the time to write something clever you get movies that people remember forever i think shauna that is one of those movies it just started oh, yeah. so much yeah that's like i said shaun of the dead and, and hot fuzz i think are both on the same level of just funny fucking movies from these guys 100 percent. yep I, I i very much agree with you on that one and then so he's got i mean scott pilgrim versus the world the world's end baby driver uh yeah he's got some he's 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 got some interesting things and like late mm-hmm. night the last night in Soho we watched uh we were we 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 spoke very very highly of that in two thousand one yeah. I would love another Scott Pilgrim movie by the way same hundred percent I love I Scott think we're Pilgrim. getting one I, I think, think it's so well done it is and we're also getting another random I know I talked to you guys about this we're also getting another Reign of Fire yeah is, you you sent that to us in the group chat and I was like dear God why. <laughs> <laughs> It's an interesting premise, and it was years ahead of its time. The dragons looked great; it just didn't make any money. But it also it got just it just got overshadowed that summer by better movies. It did make money, so it just came out at the wrong time. But I Bale's- remember being extremely excited about that movie, and then seeing that movie and thinking, "What the fuck?" Well, because <laughs> like I just it wasn't well, it wasn't great. Matthew McConaughey is he was the he was a star, not Christian Bale. Matthew was also that was the biggest he'd ever been was like early two thousands. But also, it's. Mm-hmm. Christian, or I, I read an interview for Christian Bale on um, on that movie, and he said that's that of all the movies he's done, that's the movie people ask him about doing a sequel to is Reign of Fire. Jeez. Not a fourth Batman movie? That's weird. Nope. I think look, <laughs> Nolan, Nolan would be very smart to do like a a Batman thirty years later movie or like a twenty like he's aged and he's an old man. He has to figure out how to how to save Gotham once again. It's called Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Right, well, I mean, I'm, I think we'll get that. I think Nolan will get that. I think we'll. I really hope we get that. But almost anything you can think of, like comic book idea wise for Batman, it. you know, they've done it. Fair. Shit, they made three of those storylines. Mm-hmm. There's Dark Knight Returns. There's Volume One, Two, and Three. Like legitimately. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, there you have it. Awesome folks. stories, by the way, because he's a crazed psychopath. Oh yeah, it's the best, the All best right. version of Batman unhinged. <laughs> <laughs> if you have Amazon, you have access to Greater Gone in Sixty Seconds and Shaun of the Dead. Also, talk- Creed Three right now. Yes, it is on there. That's uh, that's going to be on there for a while though. Too the, is a uh, yeah. And Air, shout out to Air, another yeah, very also very good movie. Good movie. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about some trailers real quick. Poor Things with Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, Willem Dafoe, Rami Youssef. What are we thinking about Poor Things? I don't so, like it. When, uh, I don't it like it when, it's I don't, a movie. I don't like it when people or things that are like, I don't know. She doesn't move right. I don't like it. He I don't doesn't like, like doesn't jer- right. Chris doesn't like jerky motions. We've talked no, about this before. I don't, he doesn't like I, it at all. I don't like the way she's moving in this. Mm-mm. I know it's Emma Stone. This is the guy blah, that wants blah. to watch a movie that's maybe a follow-up to Coraline, too, which... I don't understand. I love Coraline, <laughs> but Coraline, yeah, but no. Coraline's, Coraline's a very good movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. but like it's all full of weird jerky motion. It That's is. True. It is. It's so true. this is the the IMDb description because if you watch the trailer, it doesn't give you a whole lot. Okay. But the IMDb description is the incredible tale and fantastical evolution of Bella Bax, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist Godwin Baxter, which tells me it's kind of a weird play on um, Frankenstein. Something like that, yeah. Will Willem Dafoe even looks like that? I mean, that the the aesthetic is there. So Willem I'm Dafoe sure there's looks a, like he was Frankenstein. Frank. That's a I think that's a William or um uh, Guillermo del Toro presents type of movie. The um mm-hmm. the the poor things. But I watched this trailer and I just think ah, it's just I hope it finds life in in streaming because it's not going to find any life theatrically. Yeah, I think it's one of those movies that's going more for the. I don't know, like the art style of film more than you know. Yeah, like so I trying love to make a this bunch of money. film. That's the that's the 
the pinky up style of yeah. Chris. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that's Skis our, in the Aspens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> Aspen Martin. All right, another <laughs> one. Biosphere with Mark Duplass, Sterling K. Brown. Again, trailer doesn't give you a whole lot. Um, in the not-too-distant future, the last two men on Earth must adapt and evolve to save humanity. That's the IMDb well, I mean, if they're the last two guys, humanity's already dead, bro. Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. Mark Duplass is someone that I've always admired the hell out of. I think he's a great actor. Everything He's, he's an in, interesting he's dude, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you remember that one movie we watched, Roger? It was early in the Netflix original days, back before they started doing absolute garbage, but everything was kind of original and fun, was um, him and Ray Romano. I forget the name of the movie, but he's going to die, and Ray Romano is pretty much taking him on a last trip. Like a that was a good yeah, movie. I, that I was a good movie. That. What was that called? I forget what it's called, but it's so depressing. Yeah, yeah. That movie's sad as fuck. But it's it's also great. Mm-hmm. It, you right. know, it's in, it, it fits right in that, the fundamentals of caring, Kodachrome, all those movies on Netflix that were like good and interesting and like the reason to own Netflix. But we're so far past those days. Mm-hmm. Oh, Paddleton. That's what it's called, Paddleton. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, the IMDb description of that one is, an unlikely friendship between two misfit neighbors becomes an unexpected emotional journey when the younger man is diagnosed with terminal cancer. Yeah, he's dying. Yeah, that was a sad fucking movie. Also <laughs> very good. Yeah, that was also very good. I, 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 I believe I, I openly wept at that film. Yeah, I, I I'm actually it. 100% sure that I did. <laughs> mm. Paddleton's also a very good one. All right, let's talk about... I mean, I also like Sterling K. Brown, so that's why I'm of the three we're going to talk about today. That's the one I'm excited for. I don't really care for poor things; it just not doesn't speak to me. And Mobland with John Travolta, Stephen Dorff, Ashley Benson, Kevin Dillon. It's a feature. The the more straightforward of the three, but still kind of out there. Uh, deep in the heart of Dixie, in a small town struggling with the ravages of addiction, a local sheriff tries to maintain peace when a desperate family man robs a pill mill with a reckless brother-in-law. I mean, yep. this movie is, you know, almost grounded in some reality. And, uh, you know, so there's a, there's something happening here. But I don't know. So I think this might be an example of a good trailer, but might be a bad movie still, unfortunately. Because the trailer is actually not This bad. gives us Stephen Dorff being what Stephen Dorff should be. Mm-hmm. Some dude who just rips cigarettes and shoots people in the face. Like, rips. that's all that I ever want from that guy. Rips cigarettes. <laughs> well, I mean, look, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, know, He's the guy like the... And then you he remember, goes and shoots somebody in the face. You remember Bad Santa when Bernie Mac just like sucked an entire cigarette down in one? Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, and was it, what was it? What was the guy that was watching him? Uh, he's passed away now. What was that guy's name? Bernie Mac. No, no, the the, the mall manager who was always afraid of Bernie John Mac. Ritter. Yeah, John, John Ritter. Ritter. He was just like he watched him suck God, that cigarette. Both down. those guys are dead. Yeah. He watched Jesus. him suck that cigarette down, and he like didn't know what to do. But that's a, that's a great. That's a great. Yeah, movie. he thinks one drag smokes the entire cigarette. <laughs> which, <laughs> whoa, that dude rules. I need to watch that. Santa, movie. what a what a what a great first movie and awful second movie. Oh yeah, 100%. And, and and like so much potential to be great and funny again because with that kid, and they just didn't use, you know, like they didn't use the what's with you and sandwiches. They didn't use that very very well. And just that's ah, such a shame. But anyway. Yeah, I don't really know how I feel about Mobland. As as a guy who likes these kind of movies generally, I just don't know how I feel about this. I just I mean, listen. As long as it's high on violence, sure. Yeah, but whatever. it's it's, it's going to come out and leave theaters before you even knew it was out. So it was what's one of the one of those movies? <laughs> I think it's cute. You think it's going to make it to a theater? I was going to say this thing's coming on streaming hard. <laughs> it feels like it. Look, if this was like produced by Netflix, all right. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. All right, trailer watch. Poor things, Biosphere and Mobland. If you haven't seen those, check those out. They're on they're on our social media. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, all right, let's talk about the movie of the week, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. It's been a while right. since we've had a Transformers movie. It has been. It's been like, what, four years or something? Well, since Bumblebee was what, Roger 2018? Yeah. Oh, it's been yeah, five been years. Five years. So good, good, good. But it's let's talk about it. Um, let's get the particulars out of the way. Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, tomato meter, which was very surprising to me. 53 on the tomato meter, not great, but audience score is 91. Okay, yeah. So oh. again, with Throt Tomatoes, always grain of salt because it's a it's just a, a roundabout of all the No, scores. I mean, so honestly, 91 from audience sounds right. From the movie I watched, you know, all your ass. I definitely people, see why people would like yeah. this movie. You know, I mean, well, I mean, it's giant more robots punch giant robots. That's the only well, box they have to check. It's more of Transformers one, two, and three than it is four and five, which is good because four and five were not great at all. But all right, so here's in particular: Anthony Ramos, um, Dominique Fish Fishback, Luna, Lauren Velez, Toby Nagiwi, Peter Cullen, Ron Perlman. Peter Dinklage. Oh, he did Scourge. That makes sense. Okay. Michelle Yeoh, Lisa Koshy, John DiMaggio, who I always love to see. Um, Pete Davidson as Mirage. That's who that was. I couldn't place it, but damn it. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I got you. I think his voice is unmistakable no matter what he's in. All right. And uh, director Stephen Cable Jr. Roger, tell us what Transformers Rise of the Beasts is all about. Well, I mean, so this is a follow up to Bumblebee. It takes place. Uh, it goes from 1987 to 1984, so we get a uh, or 1994. Sorry, we get a uh, nice jump forward in time, and I mean this is this is a Transformers movie that you know big bads coming to Earth to screw stuff up, and uh, we meet a couple of different Transformers we haven't seen before. Most of the most of the starring cast of this movie besides Bumblebee is all new to people besides Optimus Prime, mm-hmm. which is nice. And, you know, we get the Maximals, you know, our, our transforming animal buddies, which is kind of cool. You know, there's some really deep Transformers lore, and I won't get super nerdy in that. But <laughs> it's kind of cool to see them in the same uh, same universe because they don't really go together very well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like, look, I'm, I'm the Transformers guy here. Uh, I've pretty much you know i still read i I have the whole compendium the volume threes you know the volumes of uh the idw comics that are still running to this day like i have compendiums full of them some of the best storytelling you could ever have that just happens to be about giant transforming robots you know it's pretty good um but with the the beast wars slash beast machine aspect of it it's it's one of the weirder stories, but I think this works. You know, the, it's a believable story. If you know you believe any other part of the Transformers, there's no reason you wouldn't believe this. So. Yeah, I mean, they do a good job of, oh, they do a decent job of bringing you know, the Maximals into this universe in a way that you don't like completely just balk at. Yeah. And it, it, it works, right? Like they show up, they do their thing, you know, to, you know, two large points of this movie. So it, it it's believable that they exist here on Earth alongside of everything else that's going on. Yeah, it's fine. Yep. And they are yep. hidden, you know, like they, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is back before. This is not in modern times. I mean, this is legitimately set 30 years ago or so. Yeah. So, you know, there wouldn't be satellite imagery of every part of everything in the world. There wouldn't be camera phone video of everything everywhere. So yep. I believe that they still could be you know, in hiding where like, look, if this was set in 2025, people were like, bro, what the hell? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I saw yeah, that dude two weeks ago, <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Like that, that's how it would be. Well, you're right. And it's, that was kind of one of my problems with like the 2007, which wildly exceeded my expectations for what a Transformers movie could be. I thought that movie was as good as it could have been. I think that was probably one of Bay's better movies, but I really think there's, there's, there's not really waste in that script and the characters I think are awesome. Uh, how they chose to portray, especially how they chose to portray Optimus in that, in, in the, the, the Bay ones rather than this one. He's Optimus is different than this one. He's not the Optimus prime that like I'm used to, nope. but he's like a, he's like a weaker, doesn't really understand the mantle of leader yet in this one. Well, I, th- I, really I, think, I like that I, one a lot. I think he's a different kind of leader in this one. I think he's mm. a young, I, it's not, it's not even that he's younger, but he just, he has a different outlook on, you know, on like the fact that like, you know, who, why they're on earth, why they're still on earth. And he's kind of jaded by it. Right. And also, yeah, know, he, and he doesn't trust humans. Exactly. Yeah. So like, that's the big deal with this version of prime. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think you're seeing like like kind of the birth and explanation of what we see in the 2007 on timeline is, is well, what's see, happening here. My my theory before we get into it is this will connect the Bayverse, the the Bay Transformers. It, yeah. it yeah. never well, will. No, I think they use them. They use the music. They use everything. You you so, can't so do that the, and hold, not do that. Hold on. Uh, let me let me assure you. Besides Michael Bay being a producer, all that other Transformer stuff is gone. Yeah, they're not coming back to that. I don't think. I I bet you that they do. I'm telling you, they're not going to, man. And if they do something like that, it is a gigantic mistake. Hmm. Because well, as what, bad what as... do they have to gain by connecting those franchises? They don't have anything to gain from f- familiarity. Look, yeah. I look, I, I I'm agreeing with you, Roger. They, as far as story goes, you don't, yeah. you don't. If it, if Transformers had stopped it, Dark of the Moon. I'd say absolutely, but the other two destroyed whatever whatever story they had going for them. The other the other two just completely d- just destroyed. So, but it didn't stop at three; it went to five. So that's what happened there. So I kind of as much as I want because like I, if you don't think that the two thousand seven Transformers movie is the strongest by a huge margin, you're wrong. You're well, I don't just think not. I don't I don't think it's strongest by the huge margin though. Is this I the really thing. the thing is there there some the story is so tight in Transformers seven. Or seven, 2007, that none of the others had that tight of a story, not even Bumblebee. There are problems. But I mean, Bumble- I think it's as Bumblebee far as. Bumblebee like, is as capable of a Transformers story as any other Transformers movie we got, any other Transformers Well, right. Movie. But one thing we didn't have is the connection between. And I don't know where in the lore this fits. I've never actually read anything except what you gave me, Roger, was the connection with, you know, the, the, the parallels drawn between Sam and Optimus. No, nope. you know, Optimus you don't need is. Any of that. That's all garbage. I disagree, but that's just that's how you make the movie version work, and that's what Bay knew. But like, I like the you know, Optimus had his soldiers, um, and Sam had his soldiers with the with the military guys, and they all had a job to do. And like, that's the thing is like the the desperacy it comes down to Megatron and and Optimus was great. It's just that first movie for for, for me is about the best Transformers is ever going to get, unless they do something with with these and really wow me with the next one. But I wanted to like Rise of the Beast. I was looking for back to great and it's only okay but more of the discussion of um rise of the beast no so where do the maximals fit in roger tell me tell us about this uh maximals are actually from like the uh, the transformers like the transformers future mm-hmm. um yeah. like significantly from the future so their transwarp key thing not only can change move them from different different uh 
space, different points in the universe, they can change time. So when they come to our version of or that version of Earth and, you know, whatever, whenever they got there, they went back in time. They didn't just travel here. They teleported through time to get to the here. So, Hmm, um, I mean, I'm talking thousands of years in between. And they actually allude to that a little bit when Primal and Optimus Prime meet each other. When he introduces himself as Optimus Primal, he's like, uh, our version, our normal version of Prime is like, whoa. And he tells him, yeah, I was named after you, the great Cybertronian leader. You know what I mean? He tells Hmm. him that. (laughs) So... That's something that I thought was kind of cool because and what one other thing too, without being super nerdy, the Maximals are far more advanced machines than the Autobots and the regular Decepticons. Hmm. And you can tell that by the way that they transform. So you don't really see them transform a lot in this movie. The the Maximals generally stay in their animal, their robot form, or their non-robot form. Yeah. But when, uh, whenever they're, you know, in their actual humanoid quotations form, mm-hmm. they are far more advanced beings. Gotcha. Not well, that like, they're any more less dangerous. They are just more advanced. I, I find it interesting that, like, like the Maximals, they they can be, like, they can be offensive in both their you know, in both their yes. forms, right? Whereas, like, you that's know, why, like, yeah, that's why they took the shape of animals. Exactly, yeah. So, like, they, they can still, you know, be, you know, defensive or offensive in those forms where, like, you know, our guys, you know, they're just, it's basically their travel form, right? Like, you know, they, yeah, they can't, and, they unless can't do they're, much. unless they're like a war machine, like a tank or a chopper mm-hmm. or a jet yeah. or something, they have very little offensive capability. Yep. So, besides, yeah, I mean, speed. a big giant silverback gorilla. You know, mm-hmm. is just as powerful in gorilla form as he is in, you know, pseudo human form. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say, when there's something about uh, his, um, like his humanoid form that I think is just awesome in this film, though. Oh, like, no, fantastic cool. looking. So, like, cool. like, they did a good job with like a lot of these designs, even though we didn't get much of those forms. But like you said, like nope. you know, they, they don't use them very often. So, I mean, you barely see Cheetor um at all mm-hmm. which i thought was kind of weird um because include Cheetor, but then not use them very much not use them yeah. so if you um so bumblebee and prime or our version of optimus and bumblebee it's the same kind of relationship with primal and Cheetor. Mm-hmm. um he's kind of like the little brother um which is kind of how i look at optimus prime in this i don't look at him as the leader i look at him as the brother yeah you know and which is something noah noah really kind of brings up which I, I hate that i actually have to harp on. like here's the thing though i like noah as a human counterpart yeah much better than i like sam with wiki agreed <laughs> God, are, you, because, are you kidding me really no. here's why because okay. sam with wiki is a stupid teenager <laughs> <laughs> he's not wrong <laughs> well fine but that was the character that's what they that's where they put him in the, t- in the, in the age range a stupid yeah, teenager here's the thing i don't care he mm. noah is a better human counterpart to the Transformers than Sam Witwicky ever would be. Mm-hmm. No, I, I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. Okay, Sam fine. I'll agree with, with that. I'll agree with that statement. I'll, I'll agree because he is. He does. I mean, he's an army. He, he was in. He was yep. in the military. He understands. That's right. He, he understands. You know, tactical movement and what it means to well, attack and other, retreat. All that stuff. Well, I get that. Uh, I'll, no, I'll, I, his, I that, like that's part of it, yeah. but he is a more mature character. His story is better. Well, okay, 
that's that's kind of splitting hairs, I think. But mm. like, I look at him as he's not all good and he's not all bad. Yeah, he's yeah. a real person. Yeah, okay. Sam Wiki is a cartoon character version of an American teenager. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I I think what I meant when I said like he he has a better story, he has real stakes compared to what Sam Wiki oh, did to true. begin with, right? You know what I mean? Sam Wiki just you know he he wanted the hot girl and he he happened to you know get, get the transformer, you know? Yeah. Whereas like in this like you know there's a story for you know our care uh, you know for Noah before everything starts, you know that actually has you know if if you're gonna make a Transformers movie and have a human element in it, like they feel like they have to do, which I I don't know why we're still worried about that. They um they do a good job of making a character a human character that you actually can connect with, who's actually having a hard time, who actually well, needs you know like you know who and has depth to him. Sure, well, Grayson, one thing that you love, you love when a human character has stakes, mm-hmm. right? Of course, I yeah I do. I do. I mean, so if you if you had to weigh, and I, I think it's unfair to really compare Sam to Noah, but Noah is far more of a developed person with actual human stakes. Um, what, what, are hey, Noah, man, what are Noah's stakes? It's taking care of his family, man. Doing yeah. stuff for but his little brother. How, but how does he put that into action? Uh, the reason he robs, steals Mirage is to get money for his kid brother to get medicine. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I, I, I get that. But going forward, what is the end result for him? Absolutely. Before before the 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 midway through the credit sequence, what how does that benefit him? I mean, well, the, I th- I think that's kind of the point. He's not. It's not to benefit him. It's to no no. But how does how does it benefit? How does it benefit? How does any of it benefit his brother? Like they they end the movie because before when the credits start rolling, that's the end of the movie. Everything else is just extra. So okay. when they end the movie without having any kind of resolution to his brother. Yeah, well, instead of it being about his brother like, getting money for his brother, it was about saving the world so his brother didn't die with the rest yep. of the world. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. If that's if that's what you're saying is stakes. Well, yeah, yeah. I'm not quite sure that that his stakes were outlined as well as they could have been. That's one of my problems with 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 Noah is I don't like where they go with him. I actually hate 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 with a capital H how Noah is able to fight in the end of this movie. And I we'll we'll, we'll get to that, but I don't like that at all. I I thought that was and all the Transformers universe, that was one of the things I was like, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? But I mean, I'm we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But yeah, yeah, I've seen a human put on the robot suit before. Who, who did that? Uh, Am I forgetting someone in the movies? I mean, in the Bayverse, yeah, because it never happened. Okay, that's, well, that, that's I mean, what I was talking about. So I haven't seen it, but you haven't. I mean, it happens before. in Transformers 86, man. They're animated. They give the little kid a transforming robot suit and he kills people with it. Like he defends himself, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, shit. He saved a bunch of people in that, with that stupid robot form he had too. So, so let's talk about the um, also super dork shit, right? There. How how do you guys feel about the about uh, what's her face? I gotta find her name again. Um, Alana, Alana, yeah, Fishback. She Al- Alana. Which in this one, all your you're 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 swapping out Sam and Michaela for Noah and Alana. That's all. It's all you're really doing. Okay, so. so uh, I, I, I think I want to answer this question with, with with something that I think, but then I think you know we we're, we're not like doing like the like the beginning of this movie f- like full justice, but I think there's a better movie here with the brother story than with the Alana and Noah story. I, I I I, I agree think she's a tag along character. Yeah, I agree yeah, with you 100. Like, but yeah, yeah. How so, do you guys I feel mean, about uh, the whole? Sorry, Chris. I didn't mean to no. go. Go ahead. No, I, I was gonna say. Other than that, I think her character is fine. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think there's a problem with it. You know, she. I think hers. You know, the actress does a great job, and I think 
you know the the character and her reasons for being there it may it, like they make it make sense to where it's not extremely eye rolly right but like you know of course it is it's a lot of convenience blah 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 but it's a transformers movie you know what i mean i'm yeah. not asking there's a lot of convenience here. without trend well, without convenience you don't have a transformers movie make sense ever yeah so. yeah so like, like I'm, I'm fine with that but i do think that the stronger story is the brother story like 100 yep. because that also correlates well with like you know the tr- like the actual like autobots and their team you know with you know bumblebee and optimus and stuff like that that goes along with that dynamic that they have so I agree, and we're also just swapping out the AllSpark for the for for the key here, mm-hmm. which again is one of those things. And how do you guys feel about the the whole part with uh, Alana in the beginning with the um on the on I think what the Ellis Island, yeah, trying mm-hmm. to figure out you know some of the things from her past, and also with the with the um the items from from the ancient past that that have the Transformers. How do you guys feel about that whole that whole sequence with the with the key and? I, I I think it uh, that kind of all happens a little bit too quick. Uh, I mean, um, they, they got a lot of movie here that they're trying to tell, and a lot of people in this movie. So I think they had to kind of crunch down like the the like the way this all gets set up. So happening kind of quick is okay. I think it's really weird that in 1994 they have technology that looks, that looks like it's from 2010. Yeah, <laughs> that bothers right. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's other things that don't line up with the 1994 theme. Um, like they didn't do research or give a shit about researching like some of the things they use. Sonic and Knuckles didn't come out until after 1994, and they referenced Knuckles a couple times. And then, but Tails, you know, they referenced Tails. Tails no, actually worked. Uh, yeah, Tails works, <laughs> but the um the the little brother was calling Mirage Knuckles over the ah. uh, over the, the the hands that he gave him. So Are like, you sure? That. I mean, that's, that that seems like a pretty massive oversight. To, I, I no, don't know when well, Sonic well, and Knuckles came out, but that's T- a pretty T- massive well, oversight. TLC's Waterfall didn't come out to '95 or something like that. So you know we're 1994. So like even that song is a and that's that I think that's a bigger oversight. That's easy. When did this song come? Sonic out? Sonic and Knuckles I mean? is '94. Okay. 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 Fine. Yeah, Back okay. in '94, so, but TLC's '95. Waterfall. No, that that is correct. I knew about that one. Yeah. Um, which is not it does it just it doesn't line up and it's it's just weird movie stuff that I, you think they want to get right. I think with Alana, like personally, I don't mind her being an archaeology person. Yeah, you know, finding an artifact and trying to, you know, to try to see what it is to prove somebody else wrong. Because I mean, that's all she's really doing, right? She's trying just to, you know, make her like her earn her place there. Mm-hmm. And she's not really supposed to be doing it, but she does it anyway because she knows, you know, the protocols and all that stuff. So I don't really have a problem with that. the The problem that I have is they make her out as some sort of like weird Indiana Jones type character solving these puzzles. Oh um, yeah, yeah. Like that's more weird to me because like even the Maximals don't know the code and yet she's like, "Well, I saw this and it's got to be this." And somebody can't be like no one can be like, "Well, yeah, we can confirm that before you have to risk the entire planet on it." You know, I think that's kind of weird. Yeah. But I don't think that it has anything <laughs> to do with her character per se. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also um, kind of, it's also like we, we talked about convenience where like the final yep. thing in this movie has a human sized, you know, answer to the problem in a world mm-hmm. where it's about giant robots and a computer well, that's like human sized. Semi human sized. Okay. You know, yeah, because, yeah. you know, think about it. Somebody's wearing a big old robot suit, you yeah, know, okay, yeah, stuff yeah, like true. that. Well, I mean, yeah. if you want to, you want to talk about stuff for like plot convenience, let's. Let's get really weird for a second. Let's talk about how they end up in Peru, period, right? So, I mean, yeah. So they get in this big, janky-ass, like, AC-130, you know, and he's one of the biggest Transformers they have. His name is Stratosphere. You know, he gets Mm -hmm. in the Peru, and then you never see him in a fight. 
No. Like, he's that a- big motherfucker should be throwing hands, he, right? I mean, may- maybe he's a non-combat Autobot. You know what I mean? He's non-combatant. He's, you know, he's not, I mean, he's he not dropped him into a war zone. He's not fit. For, he's not fit for battle, but he's fit for travel. You know, maybe transport. Maybe he's yeah. transport only. Exactly. Yeah. He, well, he, I don't he's, know, man. That... He, he's logistics solutions expert is what he is. Okay. You All know, right. logistical officer that. stratosphere. Yeah. However, I, I, I do. I was expecting him to show up he's again. You know what I mean? Carry Bumblebee's body around. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all. Yeah. That's, that's just we'll cold see. storage. We'll see. Now yeah. they, they can't. They can't do. They can't kill Bumblebee ever again. So whatever, whatever, whatever scrapes Bumblebee gets into, we know he's going to make it out of just fine going forward. Oh yeah. It, it, so like, I, I think that goes along with the argument of they can't kill Bumblebee. So this is going to get connected to the original 2007 verse. You know what I oh, mean? I don't. I don't think that's. I mean, that's not my argument here. But my whole thing with everything happens so fast. But again, if you don't have some convenience, you don't forward the plot fast as you need to. Um, it's it's also it's. I, I I don't know if I again we're also we're also swapping out Megatron for Scourge in this one too, which yep. is that's you know, okay. Scourge, and you see, Scourge is is more than a match for Optimus. Optimus is going back to what I said earlier. Is I was a little kind of I only know Optimus from the Bay movie. That's all I know him from, and he showed up at the end of Bumblebee and, and did some awesome things. But again, that I he wasn't he, I didn't walk away from this movie thinking this Optimus is like powerful. Which I mean, he got his ass kicked a couple of times when it really mattered. Uh, you know, it's like, so the, the thing is with this version of Optimus isn't the fact that he gets his ass kicked; it's the fact that he doesn't get killed. Um, because legitimately, one one funny thing to think about these big giant hulking metal machines is they actually are surprisingly fragile. <laughs> um, like they can be killed. You see several people or several Transformers killed in this film, like we have seen. In multiple movies, you know, it used to be, hey, you know, bullets bounce off these guys. Now, you know, they take real functional damage, you know, stuff like that. But it's the fact that what makes Prime who he is, is, yeah, you know, he he takes his shots, but, you know, in the end, he'll figure it out and he won't stop fighting. Listen, he's, he's the kind of guy, if he dies in battle doing what he has to do, he's totally okay with that. So that's that's this version of Prime. The one, the one Autobot I do want to focus on, though, besides Prime, because Prime's kind of a weird offset character here because, you know, he does do a majority of the killing of people. But we got to talk about Mirage, okay? Because without Mirage, there is no Rise of the Beast, right? You know, they, they make it a point to make sure that Bumblebee and Optimus Prime are not the main focus of this film, right? Well, again, they swapped out Bumblebee for Mirage. Okay, and that, no, yeah. that's fine it, because I also enjoy the fact that you know he can talk. <laughs> because I'm really fucking sick of Bumblebee not being able to talk. It's kind of absurd at this point. Yeah, right. Can we be done with that? And also, and also, stop going to the drive-in movies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look. At least I found that funny. Yeah, you know, I, I because really he's did. just talking in movie clips and things like yeah. that, which is fine. But, but like, also, that's referencing Bay. Like, that's referencing the Bay Bumblebee. So, again, I think no, we'll go back to that. it's not. He's referencing the Bumblebee Bumblebee when he gets his voice box torn out. Because that's when that happens. Well, no, I understand that. But is is in the Bay-verse when he only talked through movie quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, shouldn't again, be we're doing refer- that anymore. <laughs> but, we're refer- but they're referencing that for a reason. I'm telling you, when, when this connects, we're, you're going to be surprised <laughs> in, in five years when they, when they connect them. I won't. Okay, go but on, go on. 
you know, especially in this point movie, you know, where auto when someone is brought back from the dead, repaired, still doesn't mm-hmm. have a fucking functional voice box. Yeah, right. What yeah. the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I, I like having Mirage even listen, I don't really have a problem with Pete Davidson. I don't really care for him either way. Um, I actually think he does a pretty good job here. You know, we do get some cringy things like the, you know, you've been inside me, you know, joke. Yeah. I yeah. Did. Here's the thing, though. Even that it is cringy, I did kind of laugh at it because it was like, whoa, didn't expect that, you know? But, like, I think he's a suitable replacement for Bumblebee and Prime here. Like, his story's okay. You know, he's kind of, he's not an old guy. He's not a young guy. I get the idea in the robot world, him and Bumblebee are approximately the same age. You know, like, is that an unrealistic thing to think about? No. Where Bumblebee is some sort of, like, decorated war hero mirage is kind of like the pariah you know he's Mm. just kind of out there the black sheep doesn't really you know the reason he's called mirage is he's the recon guy he doesn't really fight like he goes out he can shape shit you know he can make himself look like other things you know he can split himself off so he can get in and out of battle quickly like that's what he does and i think this kind of role for somebody be especially being voiced by pete like i think it works so I got no real problem with Mirage and listen, a sweet like mid nineties Porsche. Hell yeah, brother. That car rules. Like that's an iconic vehicle. Mm-hmm. Oh, very, very much so. Yeah. Um, especially, and, and I mean, the Bay produced it. So he, you know, bad boys is there's a Porsche in that one. So, I mean, that, that's definitely like a, a link to the Bay thing. But well, the other yeah. thing too is when he's doing like, when he's showing himself off as other things, like he shows himself as a formula one race car. Like that's what Mirage was in the original transformers. He was a, an F1 car. So, oh, okay. Fan, fan service then. That's, that's, that's great. It, it's there, you know, right? So, yeah. I think that's, I think that's pretty cool. But like, I, I like his interactions, especially with Noah. I think, and, you know, I give Anthony Ramos some credit here because it's got to be weird, you know, trying to act without seeing who you're acting with. You know, we've talked about that a lot, you know, with yeah. the whole CGI thing. And I think, you know, it's, it's pretty believable most of the time. I don't have any real problems with that. So, that's fine. I did. <laughs> This movie kind of loses me towards like the the second half of this movie is kind of where it loses me a, l- a l- little bit of it when 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 they get to Machu Picchu and they start looking around for again it's always an artifact that's been taken or gone or you know it's no longer there like the Matrix was gone this is gone taken and it's all it's always it's all, it's just it's always very convenient that they can find whatever it is they're looking for that they need to stop the coming tide of darkness. You know, not the fact that it's been gone for thousands of years and no one knows where it is because it's just buried in the buried in the mud. So, you know, that's also kind of a Transformers thing. But I dig it, and and it works in this one too. They they somehow made that work in this one. The the the, the two halves of the key coming together to make the key. Um, and it's you know, what's it? What's his name? Unicron. Unicron. I like the idea of having Unicron, and I was going to talk about that. Yeah, in a second. yeah, me too, me too. But again, it's like. The physics, they need to work on physics in this world because anything coming that close to Earth that size, we're all dead. <laughs> like, we're all dead. So that doesn't... But again, that's I mean, what everyone said in the third Transformers movie, too, when they tried to bring Cybertron is... Yeah. Well, you're all dead because the gravitational is going to be way fucked up. Yeah, the Earth is now off of its gravitational force. <laughs> we're not correct. We are all... We, we're all, we're going to be cooked by the sun here in about six months, 100%. Or, or yeah. frozen by whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's But that's also, like, the beauty of it, too, is, like, it doesn't matter in a movie like this because you just accept it. You know, it's like... I, I just watched Independence Day, too, is 
By the way, you know, Independence Day, there's a lot of convenience in Independence Day, like a oh, ton yeah. of it. I never realized that before I rewatched it this week, but man, there's a lot of convenience in that movie. Yeah, there's a lot of those mid-90s movies you go back and you're like, this is so cool as a little kid. You're like, oh, this is kind of bad. <laughs> well, it's like it, it ends like there's no loss at all. It ends perfectly. Independence Day, like they're able to kill the mothership, put off the fireworks. Like it's just like complete night. Anyway, but back to back to the Transformers is see the the the, the, the what I didn't like about the ending of this film. And I was hoping they would, because Bay did this and he was always criticized for it. All five Bay movies did this and he was always criticized for it. And especially being a producer on this and having input um, creatively, I thought they would have fixed it was, can we, like, can we just not end a Transformers movie with a, a giant metal on metal mashup that the numbers, I don't care what, what, how many people did they have on how many people, like six or seven fighters on 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 our side how, how many did they have i think it's like eight okay totally. eight but the enemy had hundreds eight of yeah. the best swordsmen in history whatever you're even eight of the best samurai that japan ever produced against 500 swordsmen are gonna die every single time well they're not swordsmen doesn't matter i'm just saying infantry they're gonna overwhelm no, you, them and kill you're, them you, but your 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 comparison is bad you have eight of the best swordsmen versus rats Okay, fine, but eventually the that's rats how are you have to look at. That's you. how I look at it, or like scale it up a little bit. Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. fine, but um, I I do wish that they would be more. They'd be more open to killing off some of these transformers. Maybe not Prime because you need him, but well, you could have easily. And they and I know they do kill one, and they kill another one that comes back. But just kill off two or three every movie, just because there has to be loss in war, and this is war. I mean. The Autobots versus the whatever were they Decepticons in this one? I didn't even catch that. No, no, no. The, so, the, no the, these are called Terracons, actually. Oh, ter- they, Terracons. Don't, they don't have an actual designation. These are uh, the legions of uni- uh, the minions of Unicron. These are who these people are. They don't actually have. So, if you see when Scourge takes uh, Bumblebee's signal uh, signal uh, symbol after he snuffs out his light. Um, and he attaches it to himself. All those things that he has on his shoulder are all the um, bots things he's killed. Signi- sig- insignias of people he's killed or bots that he has taken. Taken. So mm-hmm. um, he's he's kind of like a mercenary, except he only serves Unicron. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about Unicron and Scourge for just a second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Unicron is like the big bad of Transformers. Um, if you want to compare it to Marvel, he's like Galactus. Um, like big, big bad. Um, he's a planet that eats other planets, which Mirage actually brings up. Um, you talk about, you know, if he came through that portal that he would knock Earth off the axis. That is not only correct, he would also just eat the planet. So it wouldn't really matter if it was off. Um, in the original, like, cartoon movie, the first time you ever see Unicron, like 45 seconds after you're, you were introduced to him for the first time, he devours an entire planet. So I think that's kind of cool that they used him because because you brought Unicron in. That means Unicron is in this world and he will always be part of this world. Um, He's immensely strong. He actually is a transformer, um, which is kind of cool. So, you know, somewhere down the line in this storyline, I'm sure we'll get to see him come out of his planetoid form into an actual person shaped gigantic thing. So that'll be kind of rad to see. Um, and Scourge, Scourge is always linked to Unicron. Um, he's always in, um, 
in the original Transformers storyline, he was second in command behind a reformatted Megatron. Um, so Scourge is always like the liege of Unicron. So that's kind of neat that they used him. And Scourge is kind of a badass, if you didn't get that idea here, because, I mean, he, he doesn't give a shit. He's well, just a destroyer. I do like his power that when he when he uses certain, like when he, when he touches you, like you start to your mind starts to no longer be your own and like you're, you're infected almost. Yeah. yeah like yep. I thought that was a pretty cool. I mean, I'll, I'm going to call it mechanic because that's what it is, but I thought that was a pretty cool game mechanic. It's a corruption. That, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Th- I, I like that as a, because that, that's, that's like an, another level of stakes that like, yeah. I hope the writers keep and like understand that that's a thing. Well, er- well, earlier you talked about how you were upset. That, well, not upset, but like it, it was off kind of off that Optimus was kind of like getting, like getting beaten all of his fights and stuff, but don't forget the maximals are from you know like a, like a different place in space and time too so is this guy and yeah. on top of that like the maximals expressed how powerful they are with with the uh, unicron's like blessings kind of uh, where like they're almost impervious they're almost indestructible that like, they said exactly that i think that's that's also a reason why we you know we see optimus you know kind of you know getting his getting things handed to him is because of how strong the villain is supposed to be whether it be Unicron or you know or Scourge and all them, I think that's also a piece of that. But his just um, remember, his, go ahead, but I'm sorry. Oh, I was gonna say just his, his ability to infect people what was pretty cool, and I I didn't know anything about that until seeing this film. I think I think yeah. that was neat. Um, the other thing about Scourge too is you see early on in the film when he kills um Ape Link, the one on the Maximals planet, um, he decimates that dude right. <laughs> You know, big, strong, other gorilla who is kind of the guy in charge in that. And that's when mm-hmm. Optimus Primal takes over the mantle of the leader of the Maximals is when Ape Link dies. I mean, Scourge legitimately picked him up, held him and shot his fucking arm off. <laughs> yeah. Like he just blew a gigantic hole into that dude. And that's I mean, look, that's a big, big time kill for Scourge, you know, and he does that kind of stuff. Um, I think it's kind of cool, though, circle back to Optimus Prime is one thing I mentioned that Prime is good to die for his people is the fact that, you know, when he does get his ass kicked, that he just keeps coming. Um, That's kind of like his will. Now, look, he gets some pretty quality assistance in this movie to take down a big bad. But like that's that's kind of like the, you know, till all are one thing like we fight together to beat this guy together. You know, if I die and you go on and beat this dude and win, like we all win for that. And that's kind of the Autobot mentality here. Um, instead of like the Bayverse version where Optimus Prime's like a fucking war criminal, <laughs> you know, just indiscriminately killing bots for whatever reason he wants. You know, there there has to be a reason for him to go through that. And, you know, he sees it as it's kill or be killed and he'll fight it out. So I think that's kind of cool for this version of Prime too, because it is different than what we have seen, especially towards the end of the uh the Bay cycle stuff. So it is. Yeah, you're right. And I'm glad they didn't, I mean, all my rantings about prime was, I'm glad they, he is a little different than what we remember. Cause at least it's another, it's at least it's a different side. It's a different take on the same character. Yeah. So, and it's, I do like how in this one, I think Chris, you mentioned something about this earlier is like literally the entire time he's Optimus is just like, how do we get off this fucking planet without yeah. that key? We have to get that key back. So again, another reason why I think they will get off this planet and then they'll come back when like, they'll have to come back. Of course, when B gives a signal in seven, I'm, I'm into the 2007 version, but um, I do like how they did think different things with the characters too, because as, as, as strong and as I mean, Optimus has to track is one of the best characters in the Bayverse. Like is one of the most important characters he has to track is that. And they, they did make him different, which is what I appreciate. 
the other the other ones again it's the the scourge character the the megatron character did have that what, what was the his sidekick's name in the bayverse that was kind of a coward starscream mm-hmm. he scourge does have that the jet that purple jet dude it's kind of a it's very starscreamish it's which a woman is, her name is nightwing yeah, yeah. oh yeah, nightwing it's but nightwing. It, it's is very starscreamish and how the, the the mannerisms and the movement and what they do it's very starscream but I it's mean, also but all these similarities and when they're talking in the end about how oh the key is gone so we we cannot do this but we found out like literally it's almost word for word of the 2007 ending which is again i think why they're going to connect them because they're they've almost made they've just taken out certain elements and replaced them with the with the first movie and then replaced them with this movie which is I don't think you can do that if you're not going to connect them, Roger. I keep saying it, but I don't think you can do that if you're not going to connect them. I mean, I don't think uh, they're going to do yeah. it. So. I, I, I agree with Roger. I don't think they will. There's no benefit to doing so. And all you do is all you do is pigeonhole yourself into story beats and character beats. Where That's true. You That's know, very true. Where if, they, if they don't connect them, they have free reign to use whatever they want to pull from the beast, from the Transformers universe, you know, from whatever they do next. You know, maybe they're being mindful of the years so that you know, like like fans don't it doesn't come up or it's something they don't have to worry about like explaining or dealing with and maybe it's just safer from the stay you know in different like like parts of, of like the years to not even like give people the like the opportunity to kind of like dispute or you know or maybe they want to or maybe they do want to keep it close to the belt and use it if, if they want to but i don't think i think they lose something by connecting it because then they have to use certain characters at a certain time they can't use certain characters that die or don't, or you know, or aren't present at other points. Or like you know, why are they showing up now? Kind of thing. So it, it just it doesn't make sense for them to tie themselves into that if well, they don't have to. Another well, question one, is one, hold on. One other point about that is if they do connect it, that means not only do you skip to two thousand seven, you skip to ten years after that too. Like that's that whole block of time gone. Mm-hmm. And then you connect it to that, and you have to pick up on the backside of that stuff. Yeah. Dude, and there's a mess on the backside of that. Yeah, and like, and <laughs> again, it pigeonholes them, and like, I don't, I think if if they tie it together, then they have to have these movies take place at certain times, right? Because then, like, you know, if and it's just for actor stuff. If they like Anthony Ramos and they they want to keep on using him, well, now they can never let the movies go into the two thousands era. You know what I mean? Because then they can't. Because then, like, where was he the whole time? Blah blah blah, kind of thing. Well, I think you know, he's going to be busy, or they well, kill him, or 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 he becomes a GI Joe. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, th- I think I think he is. Sorry for the spoiler for the mid mid credit sequence, but I mean that that ruined was, everything. That's one of the most confusing <laughs> mid credit sequences to to someone like I know the I know the Transformers universe, the Bayverse, pretty well, and Bumblebee. I watch them all the time, but it's that was confusing even to me, and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Why is he important? And then he handed over the cards like GI Joe. I'm like, how the fuck are they going to connect these two? What the mm-hmm. Hasbro is the link there? It must be Hasbro. Of course, oh, so. yeah. yeah. It's but I mean, it's I their thing. where do G- do GI Joes ever cross over into the universe oh, yeah. with Transformers? Do they really? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I stay so corrected. Look, look, and I assure you, when they do, it's awesome. But here's okay. <laughs> here's the question. Now we've seen since we've been doing this podcast, Roger. Let's see, since you joined in 2017, we've talked about probably by now at least 35 or 40 first movies that didn't get their planned two sequels because they just didn't perform in the box office. I don't mm. know what the budget for this was, but it's only done as of this point, as of Sunday the 18th at, so sorry, Sunday the 18th at 8.45 p.m. It's only done 227 worldwide. That's okay. Now, I don't know, but like even movies that have done more than that didn't get the next two movies because there wasn't enough money. 
Yeah. Well, so, so the other the other thing to think about too when you launch Transformers, and I'm not one that really say that money should be the only thing that dictates for sequels and trilogies and continuing stories and whatever is Transformers is kind of different from that. Like, I think they're impervious to that because, you know, money's not the only thing that matters because listen, I'm going to sell you a billion dollars worth of toys. Uh, you're welcome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, each time I pump out a movie, Hey, look, here's, more toys for everybody. Yeah. Mirage toys are going to be everywhere. I guess in those in like lunch lunch boxes and in like listen, yeah, you yeah, give me a janky ass version of the uh, the end of the movie Mirage, and I will buy that and put it on my fucking mantle. But you even you bought the Optimus, you bought the truck. Okay, I, I so I was gonna I was gonna talk about that. I uh, forgot to until you remember I mentioned it there. So I bought the Optimus Prime popcorn bucket. Uh, it cost me way too much money. I'm kind of fucking embarrassed by it, but. <laughs> It's really awesome. <laughs> like it actually is really awesome. So um having it there is really cool. Um it was 49.99. Oh, but ho- hold on. So caveat to that though, it did include a full popcorn full drink combo with that. Okay, that's like 20 which, bucks, right? Uh, well, yeah, so I mean that was like $22, so I don't really feel as bad when I break it down that way cuz mm-hmm. listen, if I had just got the stupid truck for 50 bucks, <laughs> I couldn't I wouldn't have forgiven myself cuz I oh, been, no. that was good Lego money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> True. So, so yeah, they didn't I mean, have I where that, I went, but it's a shame because I, I wanted one of those too. Well, look, if you our AMC still has the Dom Charger available, if you want one, I, I'll find it online. If I, I mean, they're all a rebay. But. I'm really disappointed though because like I wanted to get. Um, the only reason I really bought the Optimus Prime one, one because it looks really cool, is because when I went to get the Spider Verse one, like I didn't get a Miles Morales or a Gwen popcorn bucket because they had them available mm-hmm. and they were all sold out when I got there. Oh, so sucks. yeah. I was like, dude, having a Miles or a Gwen popcorn bucket would have been kind of rad. So, well, they're on eBay, just so you know, they're always on eBay for a few. Yeah, bucks but I'm more not going to do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's not another question I have for you, fellas. And and, and this may be a any, I don't, it's not meant to be a difficult question, but did this huh? feel like a Transformers movie to you? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think it did, and 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 that, that's yeah. important because you know sometimes you get you know, sequels that are years and years later. And sometimes they just don't feel like the other ones did. And it's kind of a problem. I I thought it felt just like, even though it was different than the Bay ones, it felt like it fit right in that same universe with no problem. So there's nothing different about it. uh, I want to talk about Bumblebee for one second, not the movie, the actual character of Bumblebee here. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like this version of Bumblebee besides the fact that his fucking voice box still doesn't work, which infuriates me. Yeah. Um, I like him now coming off of Bumblebee five years ago. We skipped seven years in time and Bumblebee is a more accomplished warrior. You know what I mean? Like his yeah. fighting skills is substantially increased. And I like him coming in at the end, you know, after his little revival or whatever, I like him coming in and just kind of beating ass for a minute. Right? Like, I think yeah, that's yeah. kind of cool because look, Bumblebee is an unkillable staple. All right. Yep. Um, like Optimus, here's the thing. Optimus is not unkillable. Bumblebee is. So um, that's how you have to look at this kind of thing. And having Bumblebee come in and just, you know, just wreck shop and, you know, like these weird little hero moments coming through and like teaming up with people and tearing other people apart. I think that that really is a nice tribute to bumblebee here because you don't see him very much in this film yeah you know he tries to to step in and go toe-to-toe with scourge and look little man's brave as shit but he gets his ass handed to him right (laughs) literally dies (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
you know, he's just sort of gone for a while. He he goes to sleep. He takes a long nap. I do so, like that. I, I do like how he comes back in is just straight drop in style, like mo- yep. like modern modern exactly. warfare Call of Duty style. Like no, he's that's, just that's got to be what that's like alluding to, right? Like I'm going to come 100%. in here and I'm going to kill everything. Well, yeah, like like he comes in, like it, the camera's got got it, like the camera's got his back. He's looking out, you know, out the the bay jump, and it's just like, all right, this feels like I'm about to jump into Call of Duty Warzone, right? Like, well, yeah. it, it, it could have been a poster shot. And it, mm-hmm, I'm, yeah. I'm sure I'm sure that there is a poster out there that didn't make it, but I'm sure that was a poster shot of B standing okay. there in front of the in front of the parachute ramp. Yeah, gotcha. obviously. But that's... Yeah, I thought, was really, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. You can always tell the poster shots of what they are, and mm-hmm. that is definitely... like that. It's set up to the point where like someone wanted that to be on the poster. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely... I don't think I... Because when... It's funny because when he when what happens to him when he's fighting Scourge is when 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 Scourge wins that fight without any problem at all, there's a very audible like in the theater. And I was in the theater, but there were there was probably like sixty or six sixty sixty to seventy people in there. And I it was very audible at the same time. <gasps> like people yeah, gasping. Yeah. Because like you Roger, you're right. Bumblebee is I mean, if you take away Optimus, Bumblebee is the one. Like mm-hmm. he is the guy. And you can't. And I was surprised when they did what they did to Bumblebee because I didn't think. I thought, well, maybe this is, maybe this is their way of saying this isn't going to be the Bay stuff. Bumblebee's gone bold. now. Yeah, it was very. But like bringing him back was it undid the bold decision. Yeah, it was, it was bold until it wasn't right. You know what I mean? But yeah, I mean, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk. So let's talk about moments then, because you can you, you can hate it or love it, but. Those Bay, those Bay movies, they all have some pretty awesome. Mo- like even if you isolate the moments, they're all awesome. And the first well, three I mean, have the the first three have the most, uh, and pre- and the ones that matter. Bay's pretty good at giving everyone that, you know, like inserting those, you know, quote unquote fuck yeah moments. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like 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 Bay, if he's good at anything, it's putting American flags and helicopters blowing and stuff, stuff blowing shit up and ma- and making hell yeah moments. So yeah, absolutely. brother, you know, hell yeah, brother. <laughs> like so, this film has you know it has a couple. And I think the like as for all the faults that are in the um the climax because there are a lot of faults in it. Um, I think the hero moments we have where it be Bumblebee showing up, and then also like the uh, the stand that our Power Ranger has to take. And you know, making sure that you know somebody makes it out of there. I think those all actually work really well. I'm, I'm I mean, okay I with think, those. Yeah, with Noah when he grabs Prime. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I mean, look. Yeah. Is it cheesy as much as it is? Like hell yeah, yeah, it is. Yep. But like in this universe, that's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that's as good of a thing as you can get. Here. Well, the moment was before that was when when he was standing up to Scourge and he was he was willing to fight even with. Even with the uh, the Mirage body armor, Scourge would have just ripped that fucking guy in half. Oh yeah, but of then and then of course the camera pans out, and you know you, you know it's coming. Optimus, boom, right behind him, and said, "You will not fight alone." And like that's that's the moment. That is the moment that you wanted. Is that's the hero moment? And of course, him yeah. grabbing Optimus was. It's that's that was development. That wasn't a mo- that was character development more than it was a moment. Growth, it's character yeah. growth. Well, I mean, I, I mean, for development for who? Because Noah's Prime. always been. I was Prime. gonna say Noah's always been that guy. So when he grabs Prime, it's not surprising. You know what I mean? No, but so I, I think 
it's a short version of it. You remember when we first beat Prime, like he's very untrust, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. distrustful of human beings. Oh yeah, I get and that. And I understand why. You know, look, I get it. We're we're shitty. You yeah, know, oh, yeah. at, at yeah. best we, we're shitty. We suck. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I get pretty that. much. <laughs> um, and then when you know he puts his life on line, like knowing he's going to fight a battle, he's guaranteed to lose, just so he can try to save this planet. You mm-hmm. know, I think that that that's a big deal for him. Yeah. Um. Other hell yeah moment in this movie, like when Wheeljack comes rolling up and it's our it's everybody's favorite football is life coach. Yeah. Uh, Danny, Bristo D- Fernandez. Danny Rojas. Like, dude, listen, I, dude, I was just like, football is life. <laughs> Started laughing. Absolutely. Because like yeah, that was kind of funny. Moment. And then when he calls Noah a racist, that was funny as shit to me. Yeah, I like laughed. that's that kind of like that's yeah. that like edgy humor that like if this movie was PG, that doesn't make it in right true <laughs> so and like that that's funny and it works there so i was very very pleased with that so no it was nice to have and it's nice to see other other tertiary characters get some real screen time like it's nice to see rc here you know our mm-hmm. resident uh, female tra- female in quotations oh transformer. yeah well, actually, um, actually, can I stop you? And I, I do want to yeah. talk about RC for a second. Mm-hmm. I think RC is my is like my favorite part of this movie. Actually, I think okay. like like out of all the Transformers, her design in the movie and the concept of like of how they put her together for this, I think she's awesome. I think she looks great. I think her movements look so fluid. They're 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 the closest thing to human movements as as you're getting this. It's cool as hell to see her kind of like kind of like roller rollerblading around and firing her weapon off. Yep. I think her design is absolutely out of this world good. And I'm I'm really glad they did well with her because she's um, she's really cool to see in this film. Yep. So her 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 vehicle form is is a motorcycle Mm -hmm. uh, a street bike which we have seen you know i've seen her design like that before yeah yeah um she almost reminds me of like a ballerina Mm -hmm. um moving around or a you know like a a dancer moving around being able to to skate in between things i i like that Um, yeah and the fact that just because she's you know quote unquote feminine like she holds her own man like Mm -hmm. oh yeah she she's doing recon um she's killing things like it and it works and i would like to see that universe open up a little bit more of the feminine style transformers because like look from a pure marketing standpoint you get a bunch of things that will appeal to the entire you know little girl sector good for you go make go make that money son (laughs) go get it because there are a bunch of lady transformers a bunch of them so i think uh, i think that's interesting some really awesome bad guy transformers are female too so Mm -hmm. We brought, you know, we brought a, we brought some of the the Maximals, and maybe we'll get some of their. Uh, the Maximals actually have their own, um, you know, like the Autobots have the Decepticons. The Maximals actually have what are called the Predacons, mm-hmm. which you don't actually see a single Predacon in this movie, which is interesting. But one of the best characters that the Transformers have ever created, her name is Black Arachnia. Yes. She is a sweet ninja spider, and her story is great. Yeah. <laughs> Because she starts out real bad and she's not. So, mm. you know, Grayson loves those sort of change of heart things. So I think he would he would who's find the other great. one? Who's the um who's the white tiger beast? Uh, so, so that is actually Silverbolt. Okay, yeah. Um, which he's actually a triple changer. He is a tiger and a eagle. So Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. Um the, they I, are in love with each other. Yep. The uh, the season finale 
or like the the show ending of uh, Beast Wars is actually worth watching. By the, like, it's Beast Wars is a really good. Beast Wars show. is a very good, yeah, like like cartoon from from back in the day. That if you can get past the really janky, like what well, what it looks is like rough janky CGI, it is rough CGI now. But back then, that stuff was state of the art to my eyes. You know what I mean? But like, it's it was actually, cutting edge, man. It's actually a really good story, and it it has one of the best like like closeouts out of any like kids cartoon show I ever, I ever remember watching. Like they ended that thing and they gave it like a proper like season finale, like like show finale for a cartoon, you know, back mm-hmm. then. So like very good story. And like, if they pulled any of that stuff in, in the future, that'd be really cool to see. So I don't know. Like a, a lot of that stuff that happens, you know, within like, you know, the, the transformers universe, there's some good stories there from like, you know, cool characters, both good and bad to kind of build off your point, Raj. Yeah. Um, so I know we're we're getting close to time. We should probably like really start to close up shop here. Um, I do want to I want to bring up one thing. I want to bring up some negative stuff um, because we we've kind of talked about this in a mostly positive light. And like, look, this isn't a perfect movie by any means. And I think when I when I score it, you guys will understand. But I want to ask you guys, and but I'll go first, guys. What do you think is the most? What did you like the least? Or what did you not like about this movie? Um, and I will kick it off by saying. You know, I like the fact that, you know, what happened to Air Razor is kind of cool, like the sacrifice that she ends up having to make. I was really disappointed we didn't get to see her in out of bird form. I wanted to see her like, I think I was really interested to see what her design was going to look like. Kind of kind of feel like they cheated us in that. Like Um, or cheat toward us. That was actually kind of clever, Chris. Wow. All right. It was. Yeah, don't encourage him. That's fucking awful. <laughs> actually, go. I need you to apologize. <laughs> um, to, uh, I think to just to bounce off of that uh, point, Roger. Though I think, I think that's one less uh, CGI item they have to design. So that's money saved. I think is the whole, sole reason for that. Tour the she yeah. we never see outside of bird. But form. I mean, her toy has to have a robot form, right? It will, but it's easier to cast a plastic mold than it is to, you know, <laughs> CGI something into a movie. You know what I mean? Well, she, yeah, she, no, I guess she you're was, probably right. But she was gone before they did that anyway. So, I mean, in, in the story, it makes sense. Once you see the whole movie, she was already taken out of the equation before they did, before they transformed, wasn't she? Maximized. Maximized. Yeah, well, yeah. She, she was Maximals gone before they maximized. Maximized. Yeah, well, that's, she was gone before they maximized. So, that, that, yeah. that makes sense to me, you know. Hmm. Uh, what I didn't like was again it was some of those like when they when they were tumbling down the down the what appeared to be a thousand mile long hill the massive mountain it's like it just yeah action sequences and transformers are so hard to follow sometimes and it, this one was no different some of the action sequences were like super hard to follow and i just i it's funny how like they made what well, this is what the seventh movie and we still are doing that <laughs> like they still haven't figured out that they got to find a better way to track the action for everyone to understand what's going on at all times well i i'll actually give them some credit here on that a little bit and also, i understand what you're saying it's frustrating to watch that but at least they're on a real road that actually does the bunch of switchbacks like that because a bunch of those mountain roads in peru are all like that so because cars and trucks can't go straight up those hillsides so it's long back and forth like seesaw up a hill up a hill up a hill so that's, I mean, that's a real place using your, your real road, but, you know, having them flip back and forth from one fight to another is a bit jarring when they don't have to do it that way, but at least they picked a right a real road to do that on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. It's, it's, 
I also assume they weren't really on Machu Picchu. They didn't shoot that in Machu Picchu. <laughs> well, so, I, I mean, I assume that they weren't really robots blowing shit up either. So. What? <laughs> Wait, what? Hold on. What? Yeah, that's the only way they can make the Transformers. Listen, is we actually have it's really expensive to rip a hole in space time. So we only get to shoot this once, guys. You've got to get this right. <laughs> the $7 billion budget only made $227 yeah. million back. Look, Not good. Somebody's like, I... Guys, the shot's blurry. They're like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> uh, uh, anything I, else we anything else we need to touch on? Uh, well, the only things I didn't like was again, like some of the incontinuity stuff within the year, and th- that's it. Really bothers me when stuff like that just isn't paid close enough attention because it doesn't to. need to. You know, yeah. you just make it nineteen ninety five. Yeah, right. Like, like yeah, <laughs> they cho- they chose an arbitrary year, and then like you know whatever. So like, there's that, and then I I think we needed more bad guys. Is the only thing I can think of. Well, you know, we, we I, get, I think. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't want to. Oh, no, no, no. Like we only get three, and then we get the the you know the faceless army, and the, I didn't like the climax. Garbage it, trash bots. Yeah, like yeah, and like you know, we basically got Avengers Endgame with the with the climax, right? Yeah, we it was just we, we we did, and yeah, big 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 gray, big gray big gray background, um, like so big gray background against you know all the fighting faceless robot armies, blah blah blah. You know, just have a couple really cool fights with like you know, you know, two or three, you know, people at once. Like that'd be fine, right? You know, like they had the big, the big scary bad guy dude have three or four good guys have to take him down. You like they've expressed how powerful these guys are and how big of a deal they are, how they're almost indestructible. Like make them like you know, four v one, you know, one of those guys, and three v one another, and three v you know, one, you know, the big guy. I think well, which movie is it know. where Prime goes through the woods and just kills a whole bunch of people one time? Like Prime goes on, Prime, Prime goes on a massacre. That's in that, in, that movie. That's in, is that in that's what? In, that's that's two, two, right? Four, two that's and two. four. Two is okay, when he dies. So in the four's woods. yeah, four's yeah. the one I'm thinking about where he like he kills like six people. Yeah. Like that's that's peak war criminal Optimus Prime. Like, <laughs> that's the Optimus Prime I need. He led an unprovoked attack on these people and slaughtered them. You well, know, he would, that was when he was riding a robot dinosaur with a massive sword. Yeah, yeah was, you know, yeah. like look, dude, you do the same he thing. That, he started that fight and he ended it. So. Well, that was <laughs> that was that was one of those fuck yeah moments that Bay knew that people would love. So, at least the guys. But I mean, I for for as for as much as you guys hate the second Transformers and the third one and the fourth and fifth is I don't think we're going to get a moment like we do in Transformers 2 that, that, that's so great. Transformers Even, 2 is the, one of the worst movies. But you got a great moment. You got two great moments in it that, that really stand out to me. If and you like, tell me when he brought Prime back is a great moment. No, no, no. Not Ooh. even Prime or... It's when Prime stands up in the woods is when he's getting the shit kicked, kicked, kicked out of him and you said, you'll never stop at one. And he just... Boom. Hear, hear music plays. The axe comes out. And he almost he almost wins, but then Megatron kills him. But like that to me, that's like a hero was born, man. Like that's one of the few times in American history, like one of a dozen times, like a hero was born in that moment. He dies right then, but awesome. And then the second time is in the second Transformers when the the parent dynamic flips is when it's in the beginning. It's the dad is like, yeah, 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 college. Sorry, my I know college. Some some kids really have it bad. Sorry, 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 pal. You got to go to college. And then in the end, it's the dad who doesn't want to let him go. And it's the mom who's like, you got to let him go. He has to do this. You got to let him go. Is Those are moments, man. Those are great character moments. That Transformers 2 is what happens during a writer's strike. So Well, Bay wrote it because the writers <laughs> were on strike. But yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I, guess I, the last, I still think the first one's better than this one. I guess the very last thing is, I think, the, uh, I think a question worth asking. Because the CGI in this movie is phenomenal, right? Like this is pretty seen, good CGI. We've yes. seen some. We've seen some decent movies with bad CGI and some bad movies with bad CGI in it, right? 
there's no there's no bad part in this movie with the CGI. It's beautiful and it looks amazing on screen. Yeah, not and, that I've been able to pick apart yet. Yeah, yeah, we're, exactly. We're doing pretty well. When are we gonna just do an all Transformers Transformer movie? Like, like so I, I, they're we're ready never, for that. They're never wise. gonna do that. They are never okay, ready so for it. One of my main reasons why I think Bumblebee almost ekes out the original Transformers from 2007 is the first seven minutes of that movie. Because the first seven minutes of that movie is everything any person that watched any other Bay movie ever wanted to see. You want to see them leave Cybertron, complete CGI, and it's all that that is. And it's yep. awesome. Yeah. Like, it's exactly. just awesome. Yeah. Um, I would be all for it. I think it'd be hard because we do have the human element for God knows whatever reason. But look, mm-hmm. one day they won't have us have to be on Earth. So you don't mm-hmm. have to have humans well if if you're if you're looking for that you have those those three really good netflix you know mini mini series that yeah those are very good but although that is not that quality of cgi though yeah and i also think that just further proves the point that you don't need the human element in a transformers movie to make a good movie you know what i mean the netflix one proves that in a way where like it it it, it's that stuff is very good yeah, it's seen as very good as like a very good piece of media, and they just like Hollywood just can't pull the trigger on it. And I don't, but I, I I think I think you need them. I think that was why I think Shia LaBeouf was such an important casting because people knew who he was. That Anthony Ramos, I'm not sure people as, as as incredibly talented as he is, I still don't think a lot of people know who Anthony Ramos is. If you just say Anthony Ramos, who is it? But people knew who Shia was, and that, that was a big time, deal. Yeah. So that was. But I do think you need the human element, and it's it's you guys are always you guys and me are never going to see the on on because I think you just you, you need it for scale too, mm. if nothing else. But that's just Your you scale know could be so much bigger without humans. Yeah, exactly. That's just how they I feel. Be, but we should move into way, scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah scoring yeah, yeah. time. Who wants well, to more, go first? One, one more, one more, one more question, Rod. You just okay. you can give me a quick thirty second. Where do they go yeah, from no, here? Fine. Where do they go? Like, who's the because like Scourge, Scourge is no longer with us. Um, nope. The the big world swallower, he's up there, but he's been he's gone now. Not dead, but gone. He's so gone. Where he's do we go from here? Where do we go from here? So I, I, I don't really know. Um legitimately I think they have to develop stuff with uh you know, more human relationships. Um, you know, with the I, I, I think it's weird to say that I have to segue into G.I. Joe, but I think if they're gonna use that, you have to make it an actual real thing. Mm-hmm. You can't just have it as an offshoot of a movie. And I mean in this world that it like it works. Um, or they just, or the other side of it is they just stay in hiding and that's just, is what it is. And I don't, I don't want it to be that way because eventually the Decepticons have to show up or at yeah. least some version of them or shit, so, even the Predacons. Yeah. So, yeah. so, uh, I have a theory on how maybe, maybe not what, but I okay. think, I think they're going to use the fact that the, like the trans warp key that it's going to signal things. Yeah. Like that, that beacon that happened. I think other people see it. Maybe that's how the, maybe that's how the Decepticons know where to find the Autobots, right? Like maybe like they're showing up there. Maybe someone else needs a transwarp key and mm-hmm. they're not going to know that it's destroyed. So they show up on earth and blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that that's what like is storyline wise, how you bring more space aliens to earth. And then it goes from there. I just don't know who, but I, I think that's the why it happens. Well, it's time for us to set up a moon base. True. Ooh, wait. Maybe, maybe maybe they can bring Moonfall into this as well. Ooh, see you that. Think the moon's a transformer. It, I, mean, I mean, it looked look, like in the Moonfall. It, it, it was a transformer in Moonfall. <laughs> Absolutely. So was so was the transformer in Terminator Salvation, or one of them was a transformer. Or no, well, no, Cybertron's no, no. Cybertron's a transforming planet too. Oh well, there you go. But but yet. but also 
the trans the transformer in the the transformer in um Revenge of the Fallen was a Terminator. That's what it was. It was a Terminator. <laughs> that's how they they linked there. Yeah. The, also, the, the, the Bumblebee girl. is a Prime. So wait, is yeah. Bumblebee really a Prime? Dun dun dun. You can't just say that and leave me hanging like that. Yes, I can. So what's your All score, right. Roger? Okay. <laughs> I want I, I want to go first. I think I'm oh, yeah, I'm yeah. the furthest removed from this because I don't okay. look at the lore like you guys, but I I, I, I do adore the Transformers franchise as, as bad as it got over the years. But uh, this this to me is is, is okay. This, this this is a six. I wanted an okay. eight. Or I wanted a nine. But th- I think I got a six, and I, I think that's being fair with everything that we we got. So okay, I I hear you. Um. So uh, I'll, I'll go second on this since this is this is more Rogers thing than any of us here. Uh, so I'm only a little bit above Grayson on this. I'm six and a half. The movie's fine. The movie's good. You know, the movie's a fun ride. It doesn't do anything great storyline wise, but it's really cool to see all the shit on screen blow up and giant robots are fighting other giant robots, which is what I sign up for when I go to Transformers movies. Um, it's always a plus when it has a good story or good characters and such. So this is in the positive realm of the Transformers films. It's it's not you know it's not great or fantastic but it's it's good like this this movie's this movie's fun I like this one and I'm you know I'm I'm excited to see if you know whenever they make the next one what it looks like. Um, so I'm gonna name off a couple of things that I that I enjoy about this movie. Um, one, I actually think the story is okay. It's not the greatest story we've ever been told here in a Transformers world, but it's you know, way better than most of the Transformer stories we got, so I'm okay with it. Uh, CGI does look really good. I'm glad Chris actually brought that up because I had forgotten to mention that. Um, you know, sounds great, looks great, story's okay. I like the idea of having different Autobots as the focal point instead of just Bumblebee and Prime the whole time. I actually like that change. Um, overall, though, I mean, listen, the story, it, it kind of is what it is. It's not some earth-shattering thing. We're not looking at... Uh, you know, Oscar winner for, you know, screenplay, you know, Transformers Rise of the Beast here. Um, you are getting a Transformers movie at the core and an okay one at best, you know, an okay one at that. Uh, I think this movie is a six. I thought about going six and a half, but, you know, I think six is probably a better, better spot for it for me. Um, I liked it. I'll be happy to watch it again at home. But, you know, I think it probably slots in as the third best Transformers movie we've gotten. And three out of seven, unfortunately, puts you towards the middle, but it's like that gap is widening from the worst to the better ones now. So Yeah, I was gonna say like 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 to find that transfer movie that kind of lands where this one does, it's it's almost hard. You know, yep. besides, you know, Bumblebee and the two thousand seven that the you know, that Grayson's championing. Mm-hmm. The other ones are it's 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 vast, right? Either they're, they're really bad, bad, yeah, or they're or they're, they're creeping up on okay. It's there's nothing else there really for those movies. No, the one the, both, one both last... the, go ahead, sorry. I say, well, I said one last thing I was going to say is, you know, Grayson. Grayson's a fan of 2007 one, and I'm 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 a pretty decent fan of that too. I still think Bumblebee is marginally better, but I, if you put those movies as one A and one B, and that's totally fine to me. I don't care which order you pick them in. Mm-hmm. This movie firmly slots in as number three. Okay, yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you go the either one of those two in whatever order you want, and then three, and then you know the Grand Canyon happens, and then any <laughs> other movie you want to rank in that order. Both so, both the Wahlberg ones, man, they just were yeah. such a mistake. They're but, bad, but they made a ton of money. That's uh, KD, right? That's yes, Rogers' sir, fa- favorite. That's the best name. of the best, baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just like saying the name. Really we still have not glitch. found. We still haven't found a name worse than Cade Yeager for Roger. Not yet. Still, not yet it's going to have one it's day. Close. <laughs> oh man! All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you very much for joining me this evening. We talked about it on Transformers. I hope to be talking about another one. Twenty twenty five, or do um, or, or or do you think they're going to go longer? Twenty twenty six and twenty twenty seven. No, I think twenty five is probably one of those. I I think that they weren't going to. Uh, I think this gap got a little bit farther than they wanted to. I think honestly, COVID probably really affected yeah. this one because there's a lot of CGI work in here, and then when those people weren't in the office. I think that that's probably dramatically slowed you need this yeah like like, like so. you need huge like computer rigs to do this yep. kind of CGI lots work of and power stuff. to build yes yeah, this. yeah the, the, this isn't a work from home thing like you've got to be with some like multi thousand dollar machine that makes that renders this kind of stuff I agree I, I agree so twenty twenty five we're all that's our guess hopefully <sighs> yeah I I'd like to see it by then or may, or maybe maybe like you know second half of not. 24 something like that if we even get another one because again i don't true, know what the, true yeah, yeah i don't know what the budget is but I, it can't be less than 150 and it, this is only at 227 right now so we're still no. in the negative here that's why i keep uh, saying they're, they're like, pretty big global movies though and i have a feeling that it hasn't been released in a whole lot of the big markets yet because listen asia loves the transformers loves the transformers <laughs> well so. they, they like big robots fighting shit anything yeah what it is i mean who doesn't they 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 invented that. So production production budget for Rise of Beasts is estimated one ninety five to two hundred million. Jeez, way more than I thought. But CGI I can, baby. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> I, I, I can see why though. I mean, I can definitely see why. But that's that's still yeah. you'd have to make you'd have to make It'd almost five hundred to to start profiting because the. Well, I mean, isn't that weird? Isn't the Disney Elemental movie almost two hundred million? Mm-hmm. Jeez, yeah. goodness, I had no idea that much. But all right, gentlemen. This has been episode 335A of For the Love of Cinema, a movie podcast. Hey. Each new episode posts every Tuesday and Friday at 5 a.m. on the podcast service of your choice of the following five. Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. Please leave a comment or two, rate, subscribe. Every little bit helps. More importantly, thank you for listening. Check out the show on Twitter at Love Cinema Pod. I am at Grayson Maxwell One. I am at Rod Stillian. And I'm Christopher Bond. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Always posting things on social media. Check us out on YouTube. Still have a presence there. Send us an email to for the love of cinema podcast at gmail.com. And next week, we're going to be taking a look at the divisive The Flash and a movie that came out on Netflix at the end of last year, Against the Ice, with, hmm. with um, a formidable cast. So check out that one with us. Yes. 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 <laughs>